Are you ready for the Low Bros Network? Every Wednesday on the Low Blows Network, the Low Blows team are at hand to break down, analyze, and make fun of all things pro wrestling. Hosted by former pro wrestler Rick Nash. I think the only reasonable thing we can do now is turn John Cena here. Selfie with me, fucking dog. Banned from Nigeria. <laughs> I will be talking to the government tomorrow morning. <laughs> YouTube star Corporate King. This elephant has four legs. Joe Ross has four legs. Joseph Stalin, if he had two more legs. Bone saw rips off his shirt, yeah? And it says, Chuck your law. Big dirty toy for And the queen of Irish wrestling, Katie Harvey. I want one to sign. Just CM Punk. I'm so embarrassed. CM Punk. (laughs) (laughs) It's Low Blows. Ladies and gentlemen, you're very welcome to this best of 2021 edition of Low Blows. Rick Nash here by myself today. Uh, very happy to take you through the best bits of uh, what was a fun, if dramatic, and kind of notable year for the Low Blows podcast. Um, good to be chatting. I hope you all had a, a very happy Christmas. I hope you're all looking forward to a very uh constructive and productive and and celebratory 2022 hopefully we'll kick this pandemic's ass once and for all and uh 2022 will be a much different year for all of us uh, guys like i said we're going to take you through some of our favorite moments as we always do around this time of year um for the past year it was but before we begin um we need to have a chat and I have some news. I don't know how this is going to be received or if it's going to be expected or what. But I want to have a talk to you and I wanted to come on and I want to make sure we did this show because, like I said, it's something that we do every year anyway. Um, But also gave me an opportunity to kind of be upfront. And I'll be honest, usually when I kind of have conversations like this, I'd, I'd kind of script it out in my head or... Uh, like write down some bullet points and kind of follow them to make sure I hit everything. Um, I don't have anything for this, and I just I legitimately just wanted to talk to you from the heart and and let you know where I am and and kind of to contextualize what I'm about to say. I'd like to kind of zoom back and give you some perspective on on what we've done here with low blows since we started in uh 2012 which would mean that we've been doing this for around 10 years now and low blows originally it just started as as a wrestlemania 28 party a one-off night in captain america's because i wanted to do something because my fa- i got back into wrestling because the pipe bomb was the previous year in 2011 and the rock my favorite wrestler of all time was coming back and he was main event of wrestlemania 28 against john cena i was planning at that stage to move to america myself and 
this was just something like because like when when the rock announced he was coming back i i was originally planning to to go to wrestlemania but the plan to move to america full time had kind of set off like i would have spent a lot of the money that i'd been saving um to uh on wrestlemania so i said i want to do something special surely there's something like the super bowl in town for wrestlemania found out there wasn't and because i was the only former wrestler slash promoter who had then got on to work in pubs and clubs running events and whatnot um i'm like oh i think i might be one of if not the only person who can actually tick all the necessary boxes to, to make this happen and like i said it was supposed to be a one-off and the night exploded it sold out it went viral immediately um like when we announced it we arranged it in captain america's um and then it be, just became a whole thing and the reason it became a whole thing was because there was no community for irish wrestling fans at that time there was nothing um you know, there was WWE would come to town every now and then and you'd see other fans and you'd be like, right, I'm not the only person. But there'd be no reason for you to even talk to them or, or get to know them unless you just happen to be sitting beside them and you're feeling particularly sociable, which wrestling fans are not known for being. Um, you could, like, talk on, on, on the likes of Boards.ie and stuff. Um r.i.p i don't even know if that place still exists to be honest um but you know they um again these you're talking with people like you know you might have 20 or 30 people on the website that you'd probably never meet um and and again you just kind of that that was the way you discuss wrestling or or maybe you'd even go to the likes of wrestling mania and stevens green and you might talk to Niall there or a few of the other lads and you know, there was an independent scene, but it wasn't big. It certainly wasn't anything like it was during the peak of, of OTT's years and so on. Um, and even then, you'd, it'd be similar to, it'd be just a smaller version of going to WWE. And the point, you'd see fans there and you'd acknowledge there are other wrestling fans, but that'd be that. Um, and we're able to give people that and, that, and that. and I ended up staying, largely because of the fact that like i'd accidentally stumbled upon something that i could give to the world um and then kind of what low blows became it became wwe parties ireland first <laughs> we got a cease and desist from wwe at one stage um to to change the name and we already had the podcast started with low blows um so we changed it just to low blows in general um and and it became just an amalgamation of kind of the weird talents and interests that I had, but me being a kind of big wrestling nerd myself, that naturally translated to a lot of other people. And we got to build something very, very special. Um we got to start the podcast, obviously, the the I imagine is how mostly you guys ended up connecting to us on a more regular basis if you're listening to this. We got to kind of, through that, we got to kind of give the first wrestling jobs, um, so to speak, to the likes of Don Marnell and 
Uh, by the way, congratulations to Don, who who's recently finished up in wrestling, announced that we retweeted it there, um, and, and he's becoming a father now, so absolutely amazing stuff to add to the low blows baby pile, <laughs> pile. I say that like there's a pile of children, um, but along with, obviously, uh, Betty, um, who, who Katie and, and Phil gave birth to there um, not too long ago, um, but we gave the first jobs in wrestling to the likes of Don Marnell, Jade Coslow, Corporate Keen. People who didn't train for wrestling or want to come in through the traditional methods. And there was no entry point for these kind of people beyond the weird things that we were doing at Low Blows. But obviously we're hugely talented people who had so much and have so much to offer wrestling. Um, and that's how they kind of got in, if that makes sense. Um, but also as well on top of that, like we kind of got to give established wrestlers over here like Katie Harvey, Justy, Phil Boyd, even personalities like Jerry and so on. We got to give them a platform where you guys could get to know them uh, in a completely different way. And they got to kind of show their talents extended to outside the ring and, and they had a lot to offer as well. Um, and that's something I'm extremely, extremely proud of. But <laughs> it got so specific and niche over the past 10 years. Not only were we running parties um, for all the big four WWE events, we got to run parties for New Japan nights, for AEW nights. Um, we got to shut down a Temple Bar at the start of January, a Temple Bar pub at the start of January to show Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Which is just still amazes me to this day. Um, we started a band. I got to like front a band uh, that sang professional wrestling theme songs. Um, we had mass. We've had so many stories. We've been banned from Nigeria. Um, we we had the woolshed raided by the guards. Um, and, and and like so many stories and so many memories throughout the years. Um, and that's kind of the perspective and and why it makes the next part difficult. But also, I wanted to kind of be honest with you. And again, I come out here with no script or any kind of plan beyond just speaking. And let you know kind of why what's happening is happening. Because um, we obviously put the podcast on hiatus last time we spoke to you in, in, together, me, Katie and Keen, in October or late, late September, I think it was. Um, because obviously, look, Katie was about to about to pop, <laughs> and Corporate Keen is in his final year in college, and and it's getting pretty intense. And you know, our lives were just going that way, and and things were busy for myself as well. And it was with a tinge of sadness that I did that. And you may have noticed that, like, we've gone on on break with the podcast before. We've gone on hiatus, but there was something a bit final to the way that we did that, and that wasn't completely unintentional. And, and I hadn't even spoken to, to Keen and Katie about it at the time. Because although we didn't know if we'd be back because we didn't know which way our lives would take us. I think there was certainly the intention on all three parts that we'd love to come back. Because we we all still get on. And to this day, we still have a group chat. We still chat. like We still text random things about wrestling to each other. Um every now and then and catch up and all we're still very close friends and we still we we enjoy and cherish our wednesday nights together um and if we could get them back then then we'd we that would always be preferable to us but there was something final and that that was mainly down to me and 
this is kind of where I've got a front up with you. And I don't think it'll be a huge surprise to people who've listened to the show, particularly over the past year or so. Um, and, and it's the sad reality that I've come to accept while not necessarily wanting to deal with over that year because, you know, we got into the routine of this is what we do on Wednesdays and no matter what happens in life or outside or anything... Um, this is what we do, but I remember when we discussed taking a break, it all came together and the discussion happened pretty fast because it was the most logical thing to do, I was very, I was very sad, and I was sad because I knew there was a high potential that I'd be having this conversation shortly afterwards, because guys, I'm going to be honest with you, as much as I love doing low blows, and, and, kind of having our Wednesday hangouts and catch-ups and chatting to you guys on, on Twitter and all that side of things, hanging out with Katie and Keen and all of that. I, I, I love that. And and I still do and I still would do all of that in a heartbeat. Um, I don't love wrestling anymore. And that's the thing that makes this so difficult and non-negotiable. It's not that I don't like or enjoy watching wrestling anymore. I still look Wrestle Kingdoms next week. Um, I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna tweet about it. I'm gonna love it as as I always do. I still watch AEW. Um, although now it's more just like a thing I have on the background while I play FIFA. Um, I still like would like SmackDown same as the way I watch AEW, and I still watch WWE pay per views. I still enjoy watching wrestling, but I don't love it anymore and there are times when I don't even like it and what I mean by that is kind of not to get too negative because I think we've, we've kind of said all that we can say on it um on the show over the past year but like I'm not sure that I like the industry I'm not sure that I like a lot of the people or the culture involved in it anymore I certainly like, and I have a lot of friends within wrestling, and I like individuals, and and even I like individuals that I that I never kind of um, I I never met, that I'm just a fan of them as people. But like, even in saying that, like I remember having a discussion there not too long ago uh, with friends who are also wrestling fans, and and I was like, name for me the people in wrestling that you're 100% certain aren't scumbags and for me like again and I, I didn't include kind of people that I know personally but just like the wrestlers from from kind of public persona and I was like Daniel Bryan and the New Day and that's probably the only ones I can 100% so I'm not saying that everyone else is a scumbag but like I'd have reasonable doubt and wouldn't be fully surprised and that was it and we talked it through and people threw out names it was actually an interesting conversation I encourage you to have it with your own mates um and that was kind of it where I was like I don't know if this is a good thing that we're doing I don't know and that's kind of how I've been feeling for a lot of the time like and, and speaking out would definitely played into it and how companies, both here and 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 worldwide, reacted to it, um, definitely played into it. But I'm not there. Um, I, I I'm not kind of at the stage where I feel comfortable devoting a large part of my life to it, and a large part of kind of even over the past year, like I've been very vocal, and and I've like I've <laughs> I have got a abusive, um a lot of abusive messages from insiders 
um, and parties involved for being so vocal. I've had to block people on social media and whatnot because it got so bad at times. But the reason that I, I kind of got so vocal and felt like I had to say these things was because the fact that I worked in low blows um, and the fact that I kind of as, as well was was kind of you know related to, to and Five Factory as well are another company that I support fully and and not just because kind of you know I, I'm friends with, with Katie and Phil I'm friends with them because I support their company first if that makes sense that was how I became friends with them because I'm like I think you guys are doing it right and then we built a relationship from there but because I was involved in wrestling and because my name was associated with it I took it very personally when companies and people involved kind of handled things the wrong way or had scummy outlooks or kind of associated with scummy people because I'm like, that is now also reflecting on me and I'm not this kind of person and I don't want to be this kind of person. So what do I do? Do I walk away from the thing that I created and loved and kind of built from the ground up or do I kind of fight? Do I do I come out and be vocal and say all of these things and how I feel and kind of be true to myself and and the kind of acknowledge the conflicting emotions that this is bringing up and and work all that out and and in doing so help you guys as listeners be able to work it out and that's kind of where I've been at for the past year and when we took the break <laughs> I, I I took it with the kind of intention that it was that it was a break I took it with kind of the good intentions that we left it but also there was something in the back of my mind that knew I didn't have the love for wrestling left to be able to withstand stepping away from it because my interest in wrestling was a device now like by the time we finished up the podcast with Katie and Keen, my interest in wrestling was now based around kind of me watching and liking and forming opinions on wrestling for the sake of getting an excuse to hang around with my mates on a Wednesday. That's the way it was. And that's not enough to commit as much as I like to commit to projects like Low Blows and, and everything that I put my name to. But also that I ask of other people. Like, uh, if we come back, I'll be asking Katie to find time away from her child. Um... And 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 keen to kind of you know not make videos to to come make a podcast and so on and so forth, and you need to love something, and not have it questioned so thoroughly to be able to commit to that level, and that's just not there for me, and it's shit, because what that means is that i have to walk away from the thing that i love um and and that i've built i have to walk away from my baby and that was never i i always knew it was it was kind of coming and it was this was never going to be in a permanent arrangement i didn't envision myself like with grandchildren you know what i mean crawling around me and and still being like here's the th good patch from raw <laughs> you know what i mean i didn't envision i knew it was going to come to an end at a time and we've been doing this 10 years and there was part of me that was like you know what just, just push through push through do the 10th wrestlemania party that's a perfect way to finish it off and give people this happy moment to finish it off and now look obviously covid is having its say on that we're always planning to like in theory like i still made plans like to to come back because i was fighting these feelings that i'm expressing to you now um 
and 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 kind of was like we'll come back at the rumble and everything will work itself out but then even before kind of the latest restrictions and all the omicron and that kind of fun stuff came in there, there was a time where it was like, right, I need to start making calls to make the Rumble thing happen and to make the 10th WrestleMania party happen. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't have the energy for this. And it's not that I don't want to kind of, like, do, hang out with you guys and do something for you guys. But again, it's just the amount of work and the amount of effort and the amount of time that it takes is so consuming that if you don't love this then it's just you're gonna want to do something else i got a ps5 a few weeks ago guys you're gonna need to give me a compelling reason to step away from that i've got the new miles morales game i'm like i'm not gonna lie i'm talking to you right now and i'm like i could be playing miles (laughs) and 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 that's kind of and that's kind of where i'm at and it means that yes this is kind of this is this is this is the end of low blows. Um, like uh, you know, there is it, it is realistically the end, but all also as well, you know, in wrestling, um, you know, we, we could always do a Terry Funk on this if if circumstances align. If there was another pipe bomb and all of a sudden all the all the fields came back, I just I just don't see it. Um realistically i've done 10 years of this that's a good innings i've achieved a lot i'm in a job now and a career with a lot of promise that i love and and real life is is happening and becoming successful for me now and a large part of that is due to what i've done with low blow so i've i've got a lot out of it personally as well as kind of the emotional side um and 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 it is a nice stage for me to be able to say, you know what, we've done it, we've done it well, we've done it successful. You know, the last party we had was uh, an absolutely packed out Royal Rumble night in Buskers. Um, that ended up getting featured on the WWE Network, where people reacting, going crazy, the huge crowd going crazy for Edge's comeback. That's awesome. Like the podcast is something where we still liked each other so it's not we're not ending because the parties flopped and they just kind of died and no one liked them anymore we're not ending the podcast because we all hate each other we really like each other we'd still really love to work with each other and and we can we're still friends and 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 maybe there'll be other things and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've got ideas, I'm not the type of person who kind of, you know, do, doesn't have a hobby, <laughs> Lord knows I love my hobbies, but I love to have a creative outlet like this, and I'm already kind of thinking about ideas and throwing ideas around, and there may be times where you see me, Keen and Katie back together, and, and maybe even talking about wrestling too, um, and, and, and for that reason, what I'd say is keep the subscription active to, to Spotify um, and, and or however you subscribe. Though, please do cancel your cancel your patrons. I've, I'm, I'm sick and I'm so bad for admin and stuff like that. Pe- people, if you're subscribed on Patreon, we haven't had anything for a year. I've been telling you it's privately cancel them. <laughs> Stop subscribing to us. Stop giving us money. We're not giving you anything back. I know we've given you a lot for the 10 years, but you have paid us and we're good. <laughs> but like keep the free subscriptions going because like i'd love to pop up on this feed with a new project kind of when when the time is right and when i'm feeling the energy and, and kind of the passion and, and everything and and like i said like we're doing this from a positive standpoint we're doing this from a place where now we're going to play a bunch of clips of us having amazing laughs that are just in the, the, the recent past 
And I do want to have a point where I say thank you to all you guys. Um, I want to save that for the end. Um, but like that, that's kind of, I just want to bring it into where I'm at and why it's happening. And to kind of talk you through all of that. And, and so that I know people low blows kind of, and, and I know, I know how podcast, and this is why I love doing podcasts. I know how podcasts and, and these kind of media things, I know how they impact me. They're, they're my friends on the bus and they're my friends kind of in the gym and in the lonelier moments in my life or in the quieter moments where it's just me. Again, it's uh, I was just talking to, to someone in my day job about how much podcasts mean and it's that. It's not, it's not like the radio or the TV where there's a certain amount of distance because there's so much kind of imagery or ads or this or that. A podcast is a friendship, it's a relationship. So for that to kind of end to a point... Um, or at least the normal terms of it ends, then then there needs to be an explanation. Um, and 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 I wanted to talk you through that and, and bring you through the honesty. So even if you don't like the way it's happening, you'll at least understand why it has to happen. And also <laughs> that like you know, mommy and daddy may be breaking up, but it's not your fault, and we still love you all very very much. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's it. And, guys, just the one thing as well, like, we will keep the social media going. We're also going to keep the games going. So, I like doing the Prediction League, for example, and there's nothing out there that I've ever seen that, that's like the Prediction League we do, and a lot of people enjoying it. And it's not that huge commitment to me either, so I'm happy to keep that going. Stuff like the Fantasy Football Leagues and stuff like that, we all really enjoy that. So, there's still going to be a low blows entity there, it's not, but it's just kind of the parties and the podcasts and that side of thing, the 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 day to day stuff. That that's that's what's going away here. But like I said, you know, if if things change in the future and feel differently, it it's right there to just fire up the old Terry Funk coming out of retirement uh, deal, um, so we can do that. Um, so yeah, that's the news. And I'm sorry if it. If it upsets you or if it's a disappointment or anything, but I hope you understand. And what better way than with that in mind for us to appreciate the laughs that we did have. And there was a lot from 2021. And as we usually do for these, you know, there was there was a lot of heavy discussions this year. And you can go back and find it. Like, I'm keeping... I don't want people to subscribe to the Patreon, but I am keeping patreon.com slash hashtag low blows. I'm keeping that open as kind of an archive um, for all the shows because a lot of the shows, especially the ones we did since 2018, they're all up there for free and anyone can access them at any stage, whether you're a subscriber or not. Um, so I want to keep them there. Um, but also, like, you can listen back to kind of the heavier stuff um, if you want. But I want to keep this light. I want to keep this about the laughs. And I want to keep this about the fun times that, that you guys would have enjoyed over the past year. So what better way to link into that with a new appreciation than knowing that kind of was the last year we did it. And, and just to listen to us in better times. So, guys, here's some of our favorite moments from 2021. Um, in at number one, though. I don't think this is something that we expected this time last week. Um, it's AW Revolution. Um, and, and look, we will talk about it, and this is awesome as well. So just to give you that balance, it's not this isn't our only AEW Revolution conversation, but it's one of these things that I kind of get the fill point because it's like 
these shows are either amazing or they feel like a car crash where the, you know, kids have been led in charge of wrestling. You know what I mean? And shit's just going wrong where it's like, you probably could have planned for that or you probably could have seen it coming. The start of the show was, and the first hour of the show was all of us just not being able to focus on what was actually happening because we're all going, I don't want to hear JR talk like, like, come on, AEW. Like, his voice was absolutely disgraceful. Now, I understand sickness happens, people lose their voice. Commentators, uh, you know, I, I speak a lot during the day, and sometimes by the time I'm coming on this podcast, my voice is nearly gone. I've lost my voice on air. Do you know what I did? I stopped talking. You know what I mean? Because it's like no one wants to hear you croak through things, no one wants to hear the frog in your throat for an hour. Um, and like to the point that he had to bring it up on air, he's like, my voice is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was just not good. And here's the thing. One thing AEW have zero shortage of is commentators. Okay. They have a three or four man boot most weeks in general. Um, there is more than enough. You have Tony there for play-by-play if you need. You've got Excalibur who can do anything. Excalibur could be on his own. I know Taz was involved in the Team Taz stuff, but he's there if you need. You know, you've got Jericho. You've got so many potential people as commentators. And you have wrestlers brimming with charisma that could just step in for a night. Imagine Aaron Anderson on commentary. You know what I mean? That'd be really cool. I'd say he'd be deadly at that. You know, so imagine getting him in for a night and just switch up the roles a little bit if you need, if you absolutely need to have three voices and you feel the show won't survive with just Tony Schiavone and Excalibur, even though it obviously will. So there, there was that. And like, again, that's like, all right, I texted Dom at the time. I'm like, you're saying something stupid just got really easy. Um, if only it was just that. Um, Dom wanted to point out, uh, and obviously, like, Don, you know, he, he obviously written notes and stuff like that before he had to cancel and stuff came up. Um, so something that he wanted to focus on was the ladder match. And... I'd agree. I'd agree with it. It's one of these ladder matches. And I think AEW is like, they get the hang of some things really well. Um, but the thing, I think they haven't gotten as ladder matches because it tends to be just, it's very spotty. It just lost me so much at a time when I was begging to be engaged, to stay awake because it's getting late at this stage. It's getting to like half three, four o'clock. So I'm like ladder match. Perfect. Grand. This is going to keep me awake. And it just was, I couldn't keep watching. I just kept looking at my phone because it was just like constant, like just generic ladder, ladder spots. There wasn't any recurrent team. Ethan Page debuted at the start. It didn't feel that important. You know what I mean? There wasn't much explanation given. Like, you know, he's he's perhaps most notable in wrestling, apart from his recent TNA run. He's perhaps not most notable for feuding with Derby Allen, who's holding the belt, the TNT belt that he's now competing for. Um, so I felt that a lot of that, like I, I'd say Excalibur probably did reference that, but I definitely didn't feel it. When he was there, I definitely didn't feel the urgency for him to win. And I definitely didn't feel he was a big impact in the match. He was just one of the other lads there. And there, there, there was no star performances. Like Scorpio Sky won. And it's like, yeah, but, but like he won not by virtue of... You remember when like we used to have the TLC matches with the Dullies, the Hardys and Edge and Christian. And by the end of it, you're like, yeah, Edge and Christian are the best. Like the lads are great. I love all the teams, but Edge and Christian are just, they're in another league and they deserve to win that. And every time they seem to win those matches, but every time by the end of it, we're like, they are the best. Like, that's it. There's them. And then there's everyone else. Um, 
there was no star making moment where we're like, yeah, Scorpio's guy. Yeah, he's the guy. He, he's earned it in this match. It was just he happened to be there at the end when no one else was around to stop him and knock the ladder over. There was no star making. There was no anything in this match. I really didn't like it. And another match that I really didn't like was the Battle Royale. I thought this was an absolute shit show. Um, yeah. Just the constant entrances, so many teams. The rules of the Battle Royale, like, <laughs> they had a team break up, but because, like, the, the team, so the Goldust and uh, QD Marshall broke up in the middle of the match, but because Goldust was still in the ring and you can only be eliminated, your team can only be eliminated when both members have been eliminated, Goldust then had to wrestle solo representing a team who no longer existed. <laughs> it was just, that was the kind of poorly thought through logic they had for this. Now, don't get me wrong. It got very good when they got down to the final four. When it was like Phoenix and Jungle Boy and all of that, I was like, okay, this is this is almost a separate match. And this match is amazing. But unfortunately, it wasn't. It happened at the end of this half-hour battle royal. And then there's the ending. <laughs> Which is... You know, I say it's the top of say something stupid. Another way of putting it is it's one of the most entertaining and funny moments in professional wrestling history. You know what I mean? So it's not all bad. So you're saying funny. I I say extremely upsetting. <laughs> okay. I was genuinely upset watching this finish. Okay, go for it. But just because I had so fully bought into the match mm. and the moment they were creating. So, <laughs> so for anyone who didn't see it, Omega and Moxley barbed wire exploding death match class we'll talk about it later comes to the end of the match Omega's handcuffed the oh sorry not Omega Omega handcuffs Moxley the the two boyos are out they're all beating him up the countdown is going off for the ring to explode you can see the seconds counting down counting down counting down Moxley's in the middle of the ring shit it's going to blow up on him Eddie Kingston comes out can't get him out of the ring in time wants to repair their friendship you know he wants to look after his pal shit the timer's too close he's not going to get him out in time so Eddie Kingston throws his body over John Moxley to spare him any more harm timer goes down and four sparklers go off <laughs> you can hear you can hear the show fizzle out like those sparklers were so fucking low rent and and just such such a non-entity that you could actually hear my heart drop from my chest out onto the floor because I was just watching and I was there like this is this is the thing I don't understand right Eddie Kingston was selling this like he had like he's like, dead like like, he's like dead. he was dead they're yeah. they're in the middle of a war zone you know what I mean like he is just like KO'd why did no one Talk to a referee and say, tell Kingston to sell less. Or, yeah, or tell not him, sell at all. Tell, like, don't sell, tell, I mean, nothing's tell, happened. Tell, <laughs> tell him there was a malfunction. Tell him something went wrong. They made Eddie Kingston look like an absolute <laughs> fool. You know what I mean? And it just completely negated the amazing 30 minutes of yeah. storytelling that preceded that moment. And I just, I, was it a malfunction? Or was that originally all they planned to do? No, like, why no, was it this- was my... They weren't going to bury Eddie Kingston like that. Not a hope they were going to bury Eddie Kingston like that. He he like he went out there with the instructions. You need to die. People need to be concerned for your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So no, not not a hope this was the plan. I think they'd rather you believe it's the plan. And that's kind of part of it. What I loved about the moment was <laughs> there's so many things. There's like the crowd, like the <laughs> it's just it's the perfect moment in some ways, because it's like bam, bam, bam. Everyone, like generally, as you're watching it, like you're like, oh my god, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, because they've just built up Kenny Omega and the uh, Anderson and Gallows sprint away the referee sprints away everyone sprints away the commentator's like no no get out eddie kingston dives on him and then the crowd are like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and then you have and then you have excalibur going for his pre-planned reaction where it's like oh my god It was just it was the 10 seconds because because 10 seconds later after the sparklers went off there was a little <laughs> and he got and he went god <laughs> <laughs> like they were so mistimed even the boards and the ring posts were so mistimed i just it hurt me it hurt me to watch this i felt so so bad for the guys you know what i mean this is this is what's writing moxley off tv right yeah uh but like fair enough he's just been through a war you can understand that he's you know that's fine but like did you read that afterwards moxley grabbed the mic and he tried to make the yeah. best of the situation and he cut a promo saying that Kenny Omega was a hell of a competitor, but he was shite at building exploding rings. And I was like, yes, that was a great audible that should have been called while you were still on the air. You know, yeah. that should have been ca- Eddie Kingston grabbed the mic. And if he if he comes out with that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and then and then he can build his feet of being like, I know what you tried to do and you're mm. just lucky you failed. Like mm. that's something you can you can build off. But I just think by not relaying information to Eddie Kingston, I just think they fucked up a bad situation even worse. How does he come out on Wednesday? (laughs) It's like, I saw you die. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was, that was sell city from Eddie Kingston. Like that was just like amazing job. It was just like, I'd be furious if I was him. There's no way as well. Like, cause it's like, you could see the way his body just went limp Uh on top of Moxie. And it's like, there's no way you can retrofit that. Like I can't unsee it. Well, here's what makes it extra stupid, okay? Because the way that Moxie handled it is the only way they can that they can save face is to just go, and this is what you do. We've been in bad situations. You've been in bad situations with Fight Factory. Like in Fight Factory, like the ring has broken mid-show. Do you know what I mean? The ropes are broken mid-show. I remember on episode one, the ropes broke. And how did they react? You had Jamie Coleman as the ring announcer just came out and took the piss out of it for 10 minutes after the first match. And that's how you react because you're like, look, it happened. You saw, like there's no... We, we, we named our second show after the incident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We did, when when we had the worst thing happened to us with low blows and the, the Woolshed got raided by the guards. We did a show the next day where the end of the show was a skit of Tristan pretending to be a guard and we're getting kicked off our own podcast. Like it's the only way you can, you can actually own this. It's, it's just to call, it's just to hold your hands up, go mea culpa, lol. That was funny, wasn't it? Uh, like when you fall on the street, you know what I mean? And you're kind of like, oh, people saw that you have to be like haha i'm in on the joke that was gas wasn't it <laughs> you know that's what you do um but what they didn't like and and, and moxie did it and miro as well on twitter he just put up lemao um <laughs> omega can set up a, an exploding ring or something like that and i'm like yes okay i'm actually back on side then tony khan came out afterwards with a stupid little press conference where 
this is the thing, and this is what kind of gets me, okay? Because I like Tony Khan. I think he probably is, of, of as wrestling promoters go, he's one of the sounder ones. But here's where, like, it's very easy to be seen as sound when you've got a lot of goodwill. And he gets kind of written into wrestling as the hero and the savior of wrestling against the evil Vince McMahon who fires people in the pandemic and this and that and the other. That's the narrative around Tony Khan. So it's very easy to be sound when everyone wants you to be sound because they want an alternative and they want, like, someone to get Vince and like be the underdog and beat the bad guy and stuff like that um but you kind of see people's true colors and we've seen this time and again with people who um again have been in similar positions where they've kind of they've been exalted they've given been given exalted status and we don't feel like we've kind of seen both sides of them you see who they really are when they're criticized and when you take some of that goodwill away and you rip the piss out of them and tony khan kind of showed us a bit of who he was um when he came out because he starts going he starts getting salty he starts to pretend that that was always the plan and he's like look we saw that like kenny omega couldn't put together our thing and it's like Okay, Eddie Kingston, pretty sure he died on your on your screen. Like, pretty sure he died. Like, we all saw it. Like, that doesn't explain that. Like, did he just have a heart attack at the panic of it all? Like, what happened? What happened there then, Tony? And, he, and but then he starts like insulting the fans. He's like, Did the fans really think we we're gonna explode loads of wrestlers? Do you want to see wrestlers' limbs fall over the place because of explosions? Is that what you want to see? Like, we're the bad people. It's like Bitch, you put up a screenshot constantly throughout the night that says after 30 minutes, everything's fucking exploding. You know what I mean? This We had these expectations because you set them constantly over and over again. You had Kenny Omega draw up a little diagram about how badly things were going to explode. You put this everywhere. You've taken 50 quid in the US of people's money. You've taken 50 quid to pop off people who wanted to see explosions. It's not that we wanted to see wrestlers die. We know you can do it well because we've seen explosions explosion matches in japan we've seen like have you ever seen any of the old fmw explosive matches oh sure i was talking last week about i have the dvd of japanese death matches the terry funk and mick foley is one of my favorite exploding barbed wire death match where terry funk yeah. demanded the amount of dynamite be doubled because he didn't think the explosions would be big enough there you go and it's it's amazing all you need to do is the the area just needs to fill with smoke the area fills with smoke we don't know what's going on we don't know what's happened and there needs to be a big loud bang that's it that's how you do a fake explosion you know what i mean and it's like there you go job done like and we've seen it done so many times before in the fucking 90s when terry funk was in his prime this was being done well so if you can't do it do well it's not the fucking fans and their expectations it's you fucked up and own it and like don't be a little bitch just because like for once you're not getting all the credit and the love in the world that you deserve do you know what i mean shit went wrong and we wouldn't have cared we would just want to gone that's gas but like look how moxie took it he took it like a champ fair play to it you know what i mean people we understand that shit can happen and shit can go wrong in wrestling but when you start patronizing us as a result and start blaming us on your fuck up that's when it's like come on like would you ever just cop on and be a bit of a bigger person than this and just own it this is part of your life now and if you're going to be one of these things where every time like you get a bit of criticism you're like oh the fans are stupid it's like yeah well i know you're dave Meltzer's friend anyway do you know what i mean like that's that's kind of my thing queen versus king versus Keen, the five count. Uh, okay, so it, it, it's a reasonable 
question about how are you going to do Green versus Keen without Keen here. Uh, simple. Dom is going to be part of Team Keen. He's going to be representing him and taking on the evil Katie Harvey. Get <laughs> her face. Taking this home to the corporation, baby. <laughs> He's going to be taking on Katie Harvey in the segment every week where we get points for punditry. We, put, we take the five biggest stories in the professional wrestling world, put 30 seconds on the clock, and Katie and Dom have to give us their hot takes on them. Dom, we're going to let you go first since you're, uh, you're our special guest this week. Um, so we will get started with, bear with me, question one. Um, on his interview with Joe Rogan last week, The Undertaker discussed the current generation of wrestlers saying they were focused on video games and making themselves look good. But do you, like Taker, miss the days when men were men? You're goddamn I'm right that I miss the days when men were men. Back in my day, it was all right back. In our bags, we had everything. <laughs> oh, many signal at the moment <laughs> he's just gone <laughs> I think he's just gone <laughs> okay uh, Katie if you don't get the point here there's something very very wrong <laughs> in at number four uh, let's talk about Raw yeah, so with Raw, it actually wasn't too bad a Raw this week, which is good considering WrestleMania is only like, what, two weeks away? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that really bothered me, and it wasn't even just specific to this Raw, but it made me think about it again, is people no-selling DQ matches. And what I mean by this is Sheamus and McIntyre like bet the shit out of each other the night before a fast lane and no DQ match. And then both of them wrestled really long matches on Raw the next day. And I hate this in terms of like elimination chamber and stuff as well, where like people go out and like you're trying to sell the brutality of a match of that kind. And then people turn up the next day and wrestle a 15 minute match without even have the decency to put fake tape around their ribs or something. And I'm just like, it's just something so small that really, really bothers me. But like Drew McIntyre took her to another level on this because he actually cut a promo with Adam Pearce talking about how hired him and Seamus had hit each other and how much they had like went in on each other and how no one else on the roster could withstand you know the force of their punches they'd break like glass like really over the top and then turns around and goes we all do that two on one handicap no problem and then walks out and does a two on one handicap match that he wins like and I'm just like you could have been so much more clever about this. You know what I mean? Like if 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 the two lads had a go to them into the two on one match and he was hurt but he agreed to it anyway and he struggled through the match a bit and then came out on top on top. Well, then I've got my sympathy for you, Drew. Like you've you've battled through all this. People are trying to piss you off and you're working through it. But instead, it's that kind of like smug, like, yeah, no, like I'm definitely the toughest lad in this roster and I like I'm invincible and I'm just going to go do it again. And like, I wouldn't mind 
the two-on-one match was actually deadly. It was really mm. good. Cedric Alexander took the best Claymore I've ever seen in my life. But it just bothers me that they don't sell the DQ matches. Even Sheamus went out and wrestled like a 10, 15-minute match to open Raw. Now, at least he had the decency to look a bit haggard after it. But it's just such a small thing that really, really annoys me. And I just think that they could use like the brutality of those matches so much more. And we also have to talk a little bit about um, Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman again. Like a regular feature of we're gonna of, cover this entire feud. Something stupid. Like, <laughs> like, like it's a storyline we've seen a million times. Shane is, you know, just golden Braun Strowman fakes an injury to get out of a match, puts someone in his place, blah blah blah. That's all fine. Turns out he's playing possum. We find out on Raw. Oh yes! Got the fucking. So- <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, excuse me, yes, I thought that was in reaction to Shane McMahon playing. No, it possum. was, no, it, it was. was. <laughs> like, you, were just, you were like, <laughs> also he like, really I, loves when he plays possum. It's my favorite part of Raw, you know what I mean? When I saw him playing possum, I was like, oh. I didn't see this woman. <laughs> oh, you actually winning against fucking such Dimitri Krakovich. I'm sorry. I did not see this coming. We are 1 0 up against the Sands. Fucking, that's our first goal in like 10 hours of, of like game like game time. You know what I mean? Like, and I said it to my dad yesterday, like, we haven't scored in over nine hours. And all he said was, uh, I can't believe they played a match that long. I was like, that's not what I meant. Anyway, that's <laughs> unrelated to what I'm talking about. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kate. I didn't mean to call. <laughs> no, like, I feel like we really like built momentum for Shane McMahon playing possum. So, yeah, he was pretending <laughs> yeah, 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 hurt. <laughs> so, he was playing possum. He was never really hurt. I don't, un- like, I hope you get that. Like, um, <laughs> I, I, I still think Keane's reaction was, was fair for that yeah no yes yes he wasn't hurt she's <laughs> so happy like. that was timed so well um <laughs> So, so for the sake of Jade, who who may not be up to speed, like she's just coming back in for the first time in nearly three years on the show, I think it is. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so like bring her up to speed on kind of what the what the game is, though. So it's it's kind of it's not that complicated. So basically, I created a situation where these three somehow found themselves on a desert island and they had a various uh, items or people to choose from that they could only choose one of two. And hilarity ensued, and then I took them off the desert island and put them on a Siberian mountaintop, and that's where they are now. In a few weeks, I'll probably put them like underground in a volcano, but I'll see what happens. Oh, that sounds fun. That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice time. Some magnificent stuff. <laughs> Little holiday. <laughs> right. Possible side of death. there was one stage where like we were like there was a bunch of dead tigers in the river underneath us it got weird it got disturbing at one stage like it got dark (laughs) so do you have uh do you what what is the first the first scenario kento so yeah you're on the mountain you either get to listen to this moment again or the certain person accompanies you so straight in cheap eat or great power ooty (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, I do think now I haven't kept up with the great pair of Uti. I like again. We're we talking about like, are we talking about like the person or the moment? The person. The so person. These these are people now, so it's not oh. necessarily. It's either you can listen to a, a segment, or if it's people, it's the people you you get to be with. Well, I I like I I. I think great pair of Uti. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to get into legal things. Cheap eat. Cheap eat is my answer. That's all I'll say. <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to go for a great power Udi. Yes, the risk, the risk reward is much higher with great power Udi. You know what I mean? You could die, um, or you could just get an amazing story. Um, and and yeah, no, uh, great power Udi for me. Um, because it's just that there's there's not much benefits. Uh, the other way, but I think Great Power Rudy, there's, there's, he's gonna make me laugh uh, before he, he kills me. <laughs> I'm gonna go Great Power Rudy because this was the first story you told me after I joined Glow Blows, <laughs> and I remember sitting there and thinking, what the fuck have I let myself into? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I like to travel. I want to go places. These get barred from countries. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably barred from Nigeria and WWE. Just because of this podcast now. <laughs> but uh, he also put out a great tweet over the weekend where he just went, Nigerian drum matches don't exist. And I was like, oh, that's cool. cool, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I'll pick him. Seems like a bit of crack. Oh, oh, am I involved now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All you're right. in. You're, you're, you're oh. one of us now. Oh, no, no, one of us. One of us. <laughs> you always wear one of um, us, Jade. You're, you're, you're possibly the greatest of us. <laughs> that's saying something. <laughs> no, that's saying something. Um, it has to be Perry. Like, mm. the man's a madman, and I, I, I want to hear face to face. Obviously, before I die, um, why we're banned from Nigeria? I just want to, I want to hear the words from his tiny little mouth. Jade, your face is on his Twitter, like, and it's oh, not yeah. that far back. Like you don't have to <laughs> look it's very a nice long. Photo. I don't look like that anymore. I can tell you that now. <laughs> Your photo is on his Twitter page. <laughs> As these people are banned from Nigeria, you, yeah, me, and Scott. Yeah. Could you imagine? It's madness. Could you imagine if I was around the podcast at that stage and it's just like this? This man is banned from Nigeria. It's just like a two D animated character. <laughs> 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 He's not allowed in. <laughs> uh, fuck's sake. Uh, yeah. So there's our answer. Is Kendall for the first one? Next up. Um, be careful with this one. Scott's Mystery Wrestler or Dave's Mystery Pay-Per-View? Jeez, you just went there. You're like, choose between it. They're the same thing. <laughs> it's literally the same game. Every it's week a, we had... It's a different sheep. We had to get... We had to get... Like, Scott gave a clue about a wrestler and it was, like, crazily vague and it actually got people really wound up. It's like one of these, like, 98 FM secret sounds or something like that. And Kendo did the same where he gave just one tiny detail about a pay-per-view. So it happened after 2010 and you had to guess based off that but every week there was more and more clues um i love both of them i miss them and i actually want to do stuff like that again so that's that's yeah um i don't know I, you're here so kento's mystery <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna like based off the same logic literally just because kento's here uh, i'm a big fan of both and this is one of the first things that made me go oh yeah remember that like i literally like, I got, like it's just like certain things like that i just completely forgot about it and i'm like oh shit yeah because i don't think i was i don't think i was on the podcast at that stage i was just listening to it like yeah um ah mad, mad. love it <laughs> I think yeah, it's I safe might... to say they're all going to pick Kento, though, in fairness, because he's right there. Yeah. Because <laughs> his face is right there. Katie, you have a chance to do a massive heel turn here, and it'd be amazing. Oh, I actually was going to do a massive heel turn because, <gasps> look, I'm thinking about self-preservation. I'm more likely to guess a wrestler than a pay-per-view because you know how notoriously bad I am with pay-per-views. I just, don't, I just don't remember anything. Like, when we did the heel <laughs> quiz, and it was like, you had to name a WrestleMania, I guessed 10 for every guess. Because, <laughs> like, I just, I just, I don't know any, like, I cannot process numbers in my head. And that includes, like, times and dates and, like, WrestleMania numbers. So, 
Like, I'd have a shot at winning a wrestler game. I felt so bad during that Kahoot because the second half of it on Sunday was all about numbers and I hadn't taken into consider genuinely. <laughs> it was only like an hour beforehand. I'm like, oh, Katie's fucked. And then like you were doing actually quite well for the first half. And then I was like, oh, the yeah. second half is all numbers. And then I just <laughs> saw you sitting there at one stage, just like really sad. Like, and I'm like, oh, I feel <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't even done that. <laughs> And I'm so awful to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we all going? Are we all going with? with <laughs> no, Katie's going Scott all day. Besides Katie, her exact quote was "fuck that Kendo guy." No, it wasn't. <laughs> Can't believe she actually said that. That was that was a bit too far. Kendo, like, sure, what, will carry on there. How how are you gonna how are you gonna take that? We'll we'll see with the last question. Okay, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> no guilt now. Kind of, kind of preemptive strike, but we'll see what happens. Uh, right. <laughs> Next up, Keen and Rick correct, correctly guess Matt Riddle from Prince of Siblings or Keen's backwards shot against Jay Money in pool. This was this is the this is the one thing that I saw of everything oh, that made me go, cool. oh my god! I completely like the Jay Money pill shot. I remember that, like I, I like when we were talking about that, like last week, the the pill and stuff that sprung to mind. But this is something I genuinely have not thought about a single time since it happened. But it was the <laughs> fucking oh. So for those of you that need a bit of context, we were doing like a uh, this thing where say like if a wrestler gets signed to WWE. What like you had to guess who they were based off their shitty WWE name. So like, uh, it would be like Session Martina is Party Girl Patricia. So you have to guess from Party Girl Patricia who who the wrestler is. The answer is Session Martina, and we got one that was <laughs> that was uh, Prince of Siblings, and this is like indie wrestlers, obviously because they, they weren't signed. And I, I was like, Prince, who the fuck is Prince of Siblings? Prince of like that's that's no one. This is stupid. I'm not gonna get this. So I just said, right, like who's our wrestler on the indies? And just a completely random as fuck guess based off nothing. And I was like, uh, Matt Riddle's on the indies. I'll just go with him then. And then Rick was like, yeah, Matt Riddle. And then there was this sort of moment of wait, King, King of Bro. Yeah, you do like a second. Like, oh, oh! <laughs> it was like proper. It was like one of us just scored like a forty-yard screamer. It was like, what the fuck? Um, as killed as I don't know. Like, oh, like talking about it now makes like makes me want to pick it. But the yeah. other half, like that fucking shot, like I was getting battered by Jay Money in the pool, and I'm oh. a bang average pool player, right? A banger at best. <laughs> You've seen me versus Katie. Like it, it, it's and get quite ugly when I'm at the pill table. Do you know what I mean? But like, like this shot that I had to pull off was like a complete, like particularly for me, like impossible. Like there's no way I was gonna get that. And I fucking. I can't even, it was just like one side of the table to the other and back and like, it just, oh, it just hit the fucking, like the absolute spot. And Jay Money, um, I, I mean, he was just in shock because I just, I just, I pulled off the impossible heist of the century is what they call that, not the Seth Rollins cash in. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with that, but it is close. It's very, it, that is funny as fuck. Like. <laughs> I'd be the same uh, if I were you, because like, there's just, lo- everyone's around, everyone's watching, it's being yeah, recorded. The pop. For, yeah, the pop is amazing. Like, yeah, I, I'd pick that as well. I'll, I'll go with the uh, Prince of Siblings, because I got to experience the high on that as well. Like, <laughs> you know, I did, I loved the pool match. Um, And I think also as well, that was one of the first, like kind of, because you were still pretty new to the show, I think at the time. So, like, we're still kind of, like, not, not that, like, we always got on and stuff like that, but, like, we, we hadn't kind of bonded. We weren't mates yet. And I think that was, not that we weren't mates, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, Ricky used to beat me up every time I showed me. He's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> not my mate. Fuck off. <laughs> I think that was the first time. That was a real, did we just become best friends? Moment? We're like, ah! <laughs> it was a real, like, yeah, it was a nice moment. So, uh, I'll pick that. Um, but, yeah. 
You guys are just going off descriptions. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I was there for the pool shot, wasn't I? Where yes. Yeah. I got yeah, I just love anything pool, so I'll pick that. And yeah, I'm picking pool too because pool was like the best part of the parties. Oh. Everyone getting into it, it was I missed that so much. They were great. <laughs> they were the best bits. The yeah. fucking like as uh, as Jimmy points out, Pill is still one of the best book divisions in all of wrestling. And as a, a Pill tag team champion, I'm not going to disagree with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, Owen wants to see the return of Keep It Up with the Costellos. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, oh my geez. god. Oh, imagine that now. Oh, imagine that in the pandemic. Oh. Do you remember? Do you remember what was what was it like when you told the story about your sister and when she voted? What was what did she vote? Wait, which which time? Which where, where are we going? What was the when your sister was voted? It, like what was it? Did she vote no or something? Was it? Oh, was it the? Oh, <laughs> come here, Natalia. So <laughs> was this repeal? Repeal the eighth? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. So. so um, or deal with this. <laughs> yeah, she... I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't vote. And so I was like, that's a no vote. Like you're voting no. But her whole thing was, you'd understand if you had a child. <laughs> right? You'd understand if you had a child. She literally, two, three weeks ago, said to me, if she found out she was pregnant, she'd go get an abortion. And I'm like, are you for real? You literally basically voted no. I'm like, <laughs> the cops as well because I'm getting real into it. Well, what did you say as well? What was the logic behind it? It was like something like think of the people having babies with gangsters or something oh, like that. Like, I don't it, was know like, where. it was for like 0.01% of the population. Yeah. It's like, and That's even like, then it's not a great point. Like, well, She's mad for like, she knows all the name of all the gangs around the area. She doesn't get involved in any of them or anything like that, but she's mad for all that gangland stuff. So if anything happens, like literally the past two, the, the past month, there's been shit happening outside my living room window. Um, Like two men got beat up by a bunch of 15-year-olds. She knew who they were. Uh, Like like uh, the pharmacy down the road got robbed Um, for the fourth time within the space of a month. She knew who he was. Uh, Like it, it's just, I don't know how she knows this stuff. She's basically like the dream crime line caller. Like yeah, she's, just for drama. Yeah, yeah. Just she's like, you need to just show her that and then be like, you'd be famous. You get loads of money for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she she moved out. She doesn't oh. live here anymore. Oh. She has her own face. Uh, no, it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. It's great. Uh, so I have my own I have my own living room now, which used nice. to be her my nephew's room. So I'm pure vibing, still living with parents at the age of 30 because the economy. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, at least you've got your own space though. So. Oh, yeah. literally it's, it's the best thing. Like her getting out was the best thing that could ever happen to me. <laughs> oh, that means you can't have, that means you can't have keeping up with the Costellos though. Ah, uh, there'd be something. There'd be something. There's always something. <laughs> well, fuck it. Uh, what, do you have an answer for that by the way? <laughs> oh yeah, the pill. You went with the pill. pill. Yeah. yeah, we went with the pill. Right. Next up, two more parties moments. The mannequin challenge or the open challenge? I don't need to explain oh, the second one. Oh my god, wait, is the open challenge what I think it was? Yeah, that it is. That's it's what, what you're was, thinking. I was yeah. literally talking about this a few days ago with someone else. That is the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Open challenge all day. Like the best talent I've ever seen in my life. 
Yeah, so basically for anyone who needs contest, the mannequin challenge was when that was all the rage and we got a full wool shed to do the mannequin challenge like to the Undertaker's team and it was amazing. Everyone played along, even the bar staff. Like they were just, <laughs> now the bar staff weren't trying to play along. They were just like, everyone's stopping. So, do you know when like someone whispers and everyone's like, why are we whispering? Yeah. The bar staff were like that. Why are we freezing? <laughs> <laughs> While playing the Undertaker's team. So I always see it through their eyes how mad that must have been. We got like 300 people to freeze for three minutes at the same time um the open challenge was someone got up and they they just bought a new title belt and they got up and they're like i'm gonna issue an open challenge for this belt and then everyone just kind of looked at their feet and they got real awkward and they had to just walk off the stage (laughs) (laughs) iconic i don't care that is like proper top three like low blows moments to me like i think that that is beautiful I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go mannequin because there's more of an achievement to it. But I also see Keen's Keen's why Keen vote, will vote the way he is. Oh, by the way, sorry. Um, Jimmy uh, thinks he he knows who that was in the open challenge. It was actually Walter. Uh, just so like, just to get rid of any confusion. Like before he was famous, it was Walter. Yeah, yeah. It's awkward now. We would have taken him up if we'd have known. <laughs> yeah, the open challenge sounds amazing. I that's what I'm gonna go for. I think I would, I think I would love that. I'm going with the mannequin challenge because that turned out really, really cool. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, like there's no real. It's one of those things where it's kind of fifty-fifty. Like, yeah, we won't be rowing over these. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't help. There's an actual even number, so it's a legit fifty-fifty. Like, yeah. Right. Next up, Katie's reactions to Rob Stark the week before and the week after she watched him die, or Jade's <laughs> reaction to Great Wyatt winning the WWE title in the Elimination Chamber. Jade, I'm not sure you might know this, but uh, Katie came on the podcast in that one week and she was watching Game of Thrones and she's like, I'm up to season three, episode eight. Rob Stark's the best. Like, I just hope he no. wins at the end of it all. <laughs> and then me and Keen oh, on no. the air were able to be like, Katie, I think, you know, I would, I'd never give you spoilers, but I think the next episode, you're going to love it. The very mm. next episode, you're going to love it. And what is season three, episode nine of Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to give you even more context for this right the reason <laughs> the reason why i was binge watching game of thrones is because i was at home with two broken arms and had nothing else to do with my day my entire my entire life revolved around starting game of thrones and it was the, <laughs> it was the only sliver of joy i had in my day was sitting down to watch game of thrones and i i, I it, like and other people are complicit in this because i not only told uh, rick and Kane that i was about to watch the episode i told Aoife and phil i was about to watch that oh, episode. yeah Nobody warned me, and I watched it by myself in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. when I couldn't sleep. And I ended up, I ended up sending a lot of very angry voicemails at 4 a.m. when I found out what happened because I could not believe people who are supposed to love me let me watch that by myself. And I'm still angry about it. To be fair, to be fair, would it have had the same impact on you if you knew? Oh no, like I'm, I'm glad I didn't know, but like. For example, when I was watching season one and like Ned Stark got the chop, like mm. Eva came over to watch that with me. <laughs> right. My reaction and sent it to Phil, but mm. he still watched it with me so I could process afterwards. No, no, the, <laughs> no the, right, the right way to do it would be like to be gently like, oh, that Rob Stark lad's a bit of a fucking nerd, am I right? I mean, you know, actually like Rob, Rob Stark. <laughs> so that way, by, by the time we make him sound as uncool as possible, then by the time like it comes around, it, it, like you don't, you don't even like him that much anymore. And then like when it happens, it's like, ah, well, we, no, we didn't. We're like, yeah, no, good, good character, good choice. Good. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> good favorite there. Good commit to that. Um, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rob Stark one. That's actually really funny. That I, <laughs> I really like Jade, Jade's reaction, but I'm gonna go Rob Stark. That was amazing. It worked so perfectly. You just walked right into it. You just fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm gonna go Rob Stark as well because I don't remember my reaction. <laughs> I think it was like. I'm going to go with Jade's reaction because it sounds like it might be in a happy moment as opposed oh, to <laughs> my inner turmoil. Keen, it's interesting you mentioned that oh, Rob Stark could be unlikable because when my, when my missus watched The Red Wedding, she celebrated because she hated Rob and she hated <laughs> Captain. Like, That's interesting. Properly didn't give a fuck. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big time. Next up, 30-second warning or heel face. Two classics. Oh, right. easy. Easy. He- heel face. Yeah, heel face heel is iconic. Face. I- I'm stealing heel face for, like, videos in the future probably at some point because it's just so... It. it is literally so fucking... Like, the con- the concept is so fucking funny. Like, oh, man. I don't even know. Like, it's just deadly. <laughs> heel face. Yeah, One of my favourite things we've ever yeah. come up with on the show. Yeah, I've on that. <laughs> Didn't expect that to be that unanimous. Um, <laughs> Next, TIN or PI WWE or hashtag fuck off, insert name here. TNI, uh, I'm not going to say all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's there, there is no race problem in WWE. It's actually the first kind of meme that caught on from, from low blows. Um, but still, fuck off, Ryback is one of my favorite things from the show ever. Um, for anyone who doesn't listen, it's a very complex feature where every week on the show, we told Ryback to fuck off. And eventually he did. Um, and that was that. That's the story. He fucked off eventually. Bet, bet and... you're raging now. Bet you're raging now. We don't get right back these days. You know what I mean? Don't wish. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. You know that kind of way? Um, I think there's a very valuable life lesson to learn how to fuck off right back. You know what I mean? I miss him. I want him back. And I, I, that lesson is going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with fuck off right back because of the educational values. <laughs> uh, Ryback's a vegan now. That's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Ryback's a vegan now. Um, so I'm going to go with fuck off Ryback because we helped his health. He was eating a lot of meat. Stuck up for his heart. Yeah. Too many that's... steaks. You know what I mean? So. That's a good argument. That's she solid. <laughs> yeah, I'll go for fuck off Ryback as well because I feel like that still resurfaces. I feel like even though he fucked off, he still resurfaces everyone. He's still a take. Every yeah. now and then, you just need to you need to put him back in his box. My fa- one of my favorite low blow bits of low blow social media before was when I'm like, I sent a real like genuine like happy Christmas, guys. Hope you have a great day. And this is on Christmas morning. I'm like, I hope you have a great day, guys. You know, look after yourselves, look after your family, and look after each other. Except for you, Ryback. Fuck off, Ryback. <laughs> no, it's just like. Yeah. Wait, wait, hang on a minute. Chloe just sent it. I think it's in the chat. Ryback follows my local super value on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what, what super value is that that's like don't be asking her where a logo oh no yeah but, like that's, but that's like some random like what i'm saying like that's like a rural <laughs> that's like a random rural fucking super value like amazing, amazing. what the fuck they were big roy baxel fans yeah yeah to be fair <laughs> fucking hell what's the next one then okay, no Go on, poor Ryback took all the heat. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're having a moment. You're having an absolute zoom moment here. Your internet has shot itself. Oh, but... oh no, you're back. Are you back? You're back, you're back. You're back. That's all good. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
grand. Yeah, what I was trying to say was that we had fuck off Naya for a while as well, so that hasn't quite worked out as Didn't catch on. <laughs> Naya has her moments. No. <laughs> yeah, true. Next, Maven or China? Maven. Maven, Maven. all day. Maven is iconic in every way. What song have we played like throughout the night? Maven. It's Maven. He still endures to this day. We've got several questions about Maven or relating to him. Um, yeah, Maven all day. Uh, and Maven came back at the weekend, by the way, guys. He came I back. I yeah. won the WrestleMania shows and did his iconic dropkick. So, uh, yeah, I refuse to be. One of my favorite bits of Jade's work was the Maven Club uh, t-shirts he's done. <laughs> like, of all the iconic artworks he's ever done, I still look at that every now and then. I'm like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> that's still up on Redbubble, I think. Oh, there you go. Down, yeah. oh, man. Well, I think when this question comes down to it, though, like, like it, it really is a bit like who you'd rather in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Uh, oh. So I think unanimous, Maven. Like, is this... <laughs> <laughs> okay, do, you, uh, do, do you need to say anything or, or do, you, do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maven will be in the Hall of Fame before China. And I've just, I have to accept this. Um, so fine, pick Maven. See if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist of the century. <laughs> The Scottish lad that invaded the Spanto or the Buttons fiasco? Oh man, that's deep. Like again, these are these are both gas. The Scottish lad that uh, invaded the Spanto is a random one, but the Buttons one is close to my heart. Like, like, uh, like me and Katie. Like, I, I, I might not like Katie very much, but we, we like that was magic. We created magic with with the Buttons fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, <laughs> we like people were kept up all day. People get PTSD thinking back to like the time Buttons won a chocolate World Cup thanks to low blows. We have a veto now. A veto system has been put in place because of that one incident. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> and I fully stand by it. Buttons, unreal. 10 out of 10. An excellent performance. And it was uh, one of my favorite podcasts I've done. So th- I'm going to go with the Buttons fiasco. Yeah, it was just like the perfect storm of like this unholy alliance coming together. <laughs> with, with nothing but destruction on their minds. Destruction <laughs> achieved and then separating again. Like, to- we found our common ground through buttons <laughs> but true, tro- not just true buttons like an appreciation of it true trolling people through buttons <laughs> well, I just really like buttons it just so happens to be a troll because everyone else in the world disagrees with us <laughs> I agree that buttons are delish and a very versatile piece of chocolate so I am going with buttons yes damn it yes. excellent you were one of the good ones <laughs> I'm sorry but have you tried orange giant buttons I'm not, oh. I'm not anti but we're not getting into this again. We're not getting into this again. <laughs> I'm going for I'm going for the Scottish lad that invaded the Spando. That was absolutely amazing. I, I was so I feel so glad I got to be there for that moment. Um when like if you haven't listened to this, we were literally doing an interview and it was we were, it was the Spando and there was loads of people there, so we're all acting the bollocks anyway. And then this drunken Scottish lad just comes up and he's like, Oh, you doing that? Jay, you doing? Do you know what the toilets are? And then uh, we're like, here, do you want? to sing and he's like hi oh yeah and we all just started singing along with him it was iconic uh so i'm giving it out to him i only regret i can't remember his name off the top of my head i thought it was derek but i don't think it was um right last one before katie harvey special question dead or alive or wrestler or porn star dead or alive is great 
Because the year now it, it, it's kind of lost its appeal over the past few years because people are used to it and expected. And uh, Dead or Alive is a game where we play. Uh, it's it's a Survivor Series game, so we're like, who survives? Um, and like we we give you a wrestler, and you have to decide if they're dead or alive. Um, and it's so dark and murky, but like we just uh, no, Rick. No, it's just the funny because it's like the funniest thing about it is we're like, yeah, because it's, it's so dark. But like when somebody goes, unfortunately, he passed away from liver cancer in 1993. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> One point on the board. And then you just you have people turn around and go, fuck you, crash out, he's dead. Fuck you, up your bollocks. It forces people to be the worst themselves. And I love it for that reason. Uh, but, but wrestler of hard star is iconic. Is he a wrestler or is he a... A, a, a star. And go. Justy was a fucking like 10 Bro. out of 10 host yeah. as well. Absolutely made it. So I'm going to go with wrestler porn star. They're both gas, but that's my pick. Yeah, no, I'm going with that as well. That's my favorite. I love that. <laughs> yeah, same. Wrestler porn star. Unanimous? Unanimous it is. Right. Last one. Kate, you listen very, very carefully. I'm going to want a quick fire <laughs> answer. Okay. Quickest okay. answer to come into your head, okay? Bronson Reed. Or Jonah Rock. <laughs> Not for picking Scott. I was only talking about this on, on, on watching Takeover Night One a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> Bronson Reed. Uh, you sure? <laughs> I, I feel like he's got more potential than Jonah Rock. I haven't heard much about him lately. Yeah, Jane, if you if you haven't uh, if you haven't heard this before, uh, this is where Katie came out on the show and earnestly said that Bronson Reed reminds her a lot of of Jonah Rock. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've met the lads. Yes, she has. She has. Yeah. This is a reoccurring issue with me. People I've met like it that I just, oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. But as we get kicked off here on another edition of Love Loves, Rick Nash, Katie Harvey, and Corporate Keen in the house as always. Guys, what's the best example of wrestlers or wrestling personalities pretending to be someone that they're not? Corporate Keen, we'll start with you. Uh, Eric Rowan um, pretend like pretending he wasn't the man to kill Roman Reigns, and they pretended that it was the staff member instead that was also bald and like also had uh, a ginger beard, and I had him like sit across from each other on the two seats, staring at each other. That was fucking. That was gas. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was great. I forgot about that, and that only happened like a year ago, didn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Years ago, great. Man. <laughs> Amazing stuff. I'll always go back to uh, the greater power of being anyone but the obvious Ric Flair. Um, hilarious stuff. That for weeks they just it was the opposite of a catfish. It was where you're like you're so sure that it's the person that you are that you then start to doubt yourself. It's like the only person this can be is Ric Flair, and it's like it's not Ric Flair, and it's like oh my god, who's it gonna be? It's Ric Flair. <laughs> Amazing stuff, uh, Katie. Any any wrestling examples of catfishing you can think of? Um, well, I think one of the greatest catfishes of recent memory is uh, me pretending to be a professional wrestler for the last few months <laughs> and not a not a yacht drinking, sleepy, pregnant monster. <laughs> Congratulations, huge uh, huge news uh, breaking on Twitter today. Absolutely, obviously, like you told us last week, and me and Keith, because we're wrestling fans, the only way we knew how to react was like a wrestling pop. So we were like. 
yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, I don't know how to relate to the world. You do. So, yeah, no, look, it's it's out there. What's the story? Fill, fill us in. Uh, it's a baby. Um, <laughs> it'll it'll be here in November. And uh, yeah, so me, me and Phil, Phil is going to be a pop pop. Um, I'm going to be a mama. We haven't we haven't settled on them names, but we're just kicking things around. Uh, had my uh, first hospital appointment today because of COVID. I had it a little bit later than you normally do. Yeah. Um, and I had so what they do is they do the first part over the phone with the midwife where you give your history and all. And we came to the awkward question: Have you had any major surgery in the last few years? And I had to. Mm, yeah. Well. I had double arm surgery and then of course that prompts questions how would you do, what a lot of confusion and you're like I broke it in a wrestling match and then that prompts more questions and there was a lovely lovely very old woman on the other end of the phone and she did not have a clue what I was talking about but she did her best to take the notes I just went you might have to mention that in the hospital again in the morning love <laughs> which of course I did when I was getting my bloods drawn because they take them obviously from your arm and I had to be like I'm not sure if this is relevant but I have a lot of pins in my arms and they were like that's very relevant information and uh, <laughs> again had to regale an entire nurses station with uh, how I broke both my arms and what kind of wrestling it was and I've got a nephew doing the MMA is it the same as that <laughs> well you know it's more like the stuff on the telly oh like Hulk Hogan yeah it's always Hulk Hogan <laughs> so, uh, so I got to have that wonderful conversation twice in the hospital and then as I was leaving she goes now you're going to have to tell them about that pins every time you're in here and I was like yep of course I am of course I am. I'm just going to be that weirdo with the pins. <laughs> oh, like this, this is next to impossible. Otherwise I wouldn't throw it out on the air if I thought there was any chance of us pulling it off. But it'd be hilarious if we could somehow get to your midwife and convince her to be in on the joke and just be like, it seems to have two metal elbows. <laughs> <laughs> no, so- I know. I, I'm happy to say I've already seen the arms in the scan. <laughs> and she told me that when she first looked at the scan, the, the baby very dramatically had both hands on its head. So it's good to know it's taken after me straight away with the <laughs> dramatics. Um, but yes, no, it's, it's, it's got two arms. I've seen them. <laughs> uh, and like, again, any particular any particular preference? I was hoping boy, girl, or, or kind of you're just happy and healthy is, is kind of at the moment. Is that ha- it? Happy and healthy is good. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe Fight Factory has prepared me to be a boy mom. But um, <laughs> Everything's been building towards this. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. But happy and healthy is always good. And uh, like, look, you, you hear all the time, obviously, with you know when when you know a new baby comes in, and then like kind of the older kids start to get jealous and stuff like that. Has that been something you and Phil talked about with your fifty other kids in Five Factory? How they're going to react to not getting the attack? Like, are you, are you prepared for like the likes of Justin Daniels to start just acting out and just being? <laughs> <laughs> yeah see like i haven't i haven't really seen anyone i've only seen like two or three people <laughs> to tell them so I, I don't know how the reactions are going to be i mean they've been positive so far but uh like yeah i don't know it could be interesting i hope i don't get any acting out because it's just it's going to be a lot to handle <laughs> too, too, too many timeouts the room only has four corners so 
amazing stuff amazing stuff and absolutely delighted for the pair of years that that's fantastic and like it's not even a question of like you know there's there's zero question of if you're going to be anything less than amazing parents because you have parented the entire irish wrestling scene for the past few years and look (laughs) at the results you're getting so uh that that's going to be one very lucky child as well to be able to get a get that kind of attention from from two of the best so uh delighted for you it's absolutely great news uh, and i think it's put a smile on on, on all of, put a smile on myself and keen's face but i think it's put a smile on, on all of irish wrestling's face today um so so thank you for that and, and can't wait to kind of keep up with things as they go along like a new story begins uh guys we have <laughs> jonathan has <laughs> dom tuck is gonna absolutely throw a strop <laughs> 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 he yeah. just starts getting like huffy. He's just like, well, I'm gonna let you in the mid cap mafia, but if you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> Or he just lets the baby in despite me. That's <laughs> right. Let's hop into the question. Uh at Dave Bandana. Uh, I say question, there's actually several, there's multiple questions. I don't know why I just used the singular there, but anyway. Um <laughs> With the football season in Europe starting to reach its end everywhere except Ireland, uh, what I'd like to know is what is your European dream team based on this season? So this is interesting, right? Because we were talking about like different ways of doing this. So in my opinion, I think the the best, the funniest way to do this, right? Instead of like uh, we all go against each other and we all choose like, you know, our, our top 11 or whatever. I think we work best, as is evidenced by, you know, the chocolate tournaments where Buttons won. And, you know, we make good decisions together as a team. So why don't we <laughs> work together, are you, me, <laughs> me, Rick and Katie, to make the best European football 11 of the season? So uh, basically, I'm trying to think how this would work, because if there's three of us, um, there's 11 players, but then maybe one of us can pick the formation. I, I, how do you want to do this? I, I, I made a team already. Um, so I, I went three for three because it's the best way of including the most amount of people. Um, so I don't know. I'm easy, whatever you think. I think three for three is a good one because you're not going to pick that many defenders and there's a lot of midfielders, um, but you want to pick the most amount of strikers while remaining a realistic formation. Um. Yeah, I, I, like again, I didn't pick a formation as of as of right now. I'm still open. Katie, do you? How do you feel about three four three? Does that work? Uh, the, how, how does that system work for us? Uh, it doesn't actually work for me. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I've actually selected a four four two formation. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> it, it sounds like you have something here, Katie. <laughs> or are you messing or what? No, I have a four four two formation. I find it's the most effective. <laughs> Why is the most effective? Um, because it gets the ball into the goal more times than any other formation. That's can't, fair. Can't argue. Can't argue. Can't argue. Can't argue. No, no, that's no um, <laughs> Right. So um, I was thinking, like, how about we do, like, maybe a, a player each so we could start with Katie, then Rick, then me, or Rick, Katie, me, or something like that. And you can pick any position you want. Uh, with your your priority, who you, who you think is most important to put into the team. You know what I mean? So we'll work, we'll work together and we'll see what the end product is. Okay. So who is your number one player that you would put in this team? Any position, Rick? Um, I am gonna put. Uh, I'm gonna put uh, Erling Holland. Oh no, wait! I'm gonna put Jared Moreno in here. Uh, Villarreal striker had an amazing season. Got to the Europa League final, but also like just uh, in statistics and every metric, it deserves to be here. One of the best strikers in Europe all season, and also he's on one of my teams. So uh, Jared Moreno up front. Okay, that's that's one striker position filled. 
one to go. But Kate, you don't have to pick a striker just yet. You can if you want. But any player you want, any any position you want filled by any player, go for it. I think the goalkeeper is the most important position because, I mean, if they're not scoring goals, they're not winning. Hey, that's how football works. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Taking his logic today. Uh, so I've gone for um, e- Ederson from Man City. <laughs> Ederson? Um, oh, okay. Because, uh, and here we go, he's the most clean sheets in the Premier League this season and you can't argue with statistics. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't. actually can't. You can't yeah, argue no, with statistics. As much as I'd like to uh, be in a Man City keeper, yeah. <laughs> um, so I am going to go with the most important position next. I'm going to go with right back because I played as a right back, uh, believe it or not. And that is, they put me there because they were like, you know, we need, they need somebody to rely on. I'm not going to put myself in the team. I just miss out, just about. Um. <laughs> But I'm going to put in Seamus Coleman because I love Seamus Coleman. Um, there is no elaboration to be made. Uh, he is very good. So Seamus Coleman, right back. Um, Rick, we are back to you. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, left back then. I'm going to go Luke Shaw. Um, had an Ooh. amazing season for United. Uh, shocking uh, that somehow just uh, tr- getting a left back transferred in for competition has made him one of the most efficient left backs in the league again um, and one of United's best players in the, in the season we're looking nail on to finish second because Chelsea are losing right now uh, so it looks like seconds could be wrapped up by the end of the night uh, so Luke Shaw for me Okay, Katie <laughs> what position are you going with next? I'll go for my left back as well um, Wait, what? You can only have one left back. Yeah, we're, we're the same no, team. We're going 4-4-2. You, you, you picked a left back. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm picking my left back. Okay. No, no. Two left backs and a 4-4-2 is fine. It's fine. Okay. We'll uh, okay. Work. So... That all right. Oh, wait. Hang on. Lads, I, I think... Are sorry. we only picking one team between us? Yeah. <laughs> no, Katie's no, I, I, whole team needs to be picked out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So, right. If we're doing it between us, we have a left, right, right. I'll go for my centre back. Okay. Okay. Pablo Maldini from AC Milan, dominant in Serie A, which is the Italian league. <laughs> yeah, you know you Am can't. I wrong? No, no, no. Good points, Katie. Good points. He, he, he is. He's a good person to pick in a European dream team based on this season. It's a very I good. Mean, can't argue you, with it. <laughs> sorry, guys. Look. Jump in, but would it not be better just Katie listening out her whole team and then you guys listen no, out your whole team? No, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's not what we're doing. Okay. So He's you've excited done... about the football. Yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I can see why. Um, <laughs> right, so that was... Who'd you say again? Maldini. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with another centre-back. So this is the back four filled up. And I'm going to go with Lee Grace. Shamrock Rovers, superstar. One of the goals. <laughs> this one's for you, Declan. Lee Grace. Lee Grace is back there with Maldini. Back there with Coleman, with Shaw. That's a solid back line. Uh, so that is our, that's our back four finish. We're up to the midfield and the striker. That's all we have to do left. I'm going to go left wing. Uh, the left is very strong in this. <laughs> I'm going to go left wing. Kylian Mbappe, PSG speaks for itself. I mean, he's all right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, not complaining. It's, it's okay. Uh, Katie, did, did he, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you do anyone else you want to throw in there? For left ring or right ring or what? Wh- whichever you feel, Tier, just whichever you feel is right. So I'll go right wing. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, Macron from Paris Saint-Germain, because there's no better right winger on the planet today. What makes you say that? <laughs> what, what is it about his play that makes you feel like he's the best? I just feel that um, he's always on the right when he needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes left when he needs to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Artsy are listening, like Richie Sander, you get out of the way, pal. This is like this is like top level punditry, if you ask me. Um, center mid, who will we go with? Um, I'm thinking uh, probably Dylan Watts. You know, again, one for Declan, uh, one for Rovers. Dylan Watts belongs in there. Um, he is a good player, and you know, like like Katie says, you know, always always there when he needs to be. Uh, so Dylan Watts, you are the the centre mid of this four four two. Rick, you gonna go with striker centre mid? What what what? Do you I'm gonna s- go Erling Haaland. Uh, okay. Again, needs no explanation. Okay, can't can't argue with that. Uh, and Katie, final pick, the centre mid. Are you gonna go attacking, defensive? Like, what's your what what? Who do you think is is the best fit for this situation? For central mid. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna pick the the best player in the Premier League, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Man City. Uh, the Bruin, yeah. <laughs> like the Irish swimmer. Yeah. I think they're a distant relation. <laughs> he led City to a fifth title in 10 years and uh, extended United's drought to nine years without a title. Okay, okay, okay. We can end this conversation. Okay, question's oh. over. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Good question. Um, right. Yeah, Katie, uh, I, think, I think it sounds like you put in a lot of effort there. What, what, what was the rest of your team? The rest of my team. Because um, yeah. I, I did actually put in a lot of effort. I learned about the football. Yeah, tell us, yeah, tell us more about your decisions. So I think we need to mark this. What was your team? So my goalkeeper was Ederson. I think I might have accidentally said his name wrong earlier. Really embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> my left back was Mario Hermosa. Uh, Atletico Madrid got them mm. the title in Spain. That's where Atletico Madrid play. Um, <laughs> the clue was Madrid. <laughs> My, my right back is Steve Finnan from Liverpool. He didn't play much, but he's got the quality, which is what's important on the football field. Uh, centre back was Maldini. We already chatted about him. Uh, other centre back was Ed Woodward from United. Uh, he's leaving at the end of the season, but he kept things tight while he was there. <laughs> my defensive midfielder was Marouane Fellini from Club Bruges. Um, yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> I had left wing Valerie Bottas. Bottas. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. He's... Club, club Mercedes, talented yeah. guy, was never going to win at his club, but he's very quick, which is what's important for a wing. To have speed matters. Of course, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right wing is back on. We discussed that. My striker very was. Right wing, uh, yeah. <laughs> Was was Dimitri Vanderberg uh, from Bayern Munich, uh, <laughs> young young player who knows how to score with fantastic accuracy in front of the target, and uh, yeah, he's and, like um, as well. Like if you ever see if you ever see his one eighty turn, it's fantastic. It's a thing of beauty. That one eighty he does is it's, oh, it's just it's ah. Oh. And my other striker is. Canelo Alvarez, pound for pound king in capital letters. Yeah. That is a fucking, that is actually, do you know what? I think, 
I, personally, I voted that we make that our, our new team. Instead, of, like, as much as I like the combined team with Lee Grace at the back, I feel like Katie has kind of stolen this one from us. Like, I feel like this is really... <laughs> nailed oh, it, man. Nailed it. Like, again, I think they're just the best footballers ever. Yeah, so... It's all about... It's all Canelo about... Av- Avarice, who does he play for? Canelo, um... <laughs> excellent excellent stuff excellent stuff Katie. You, re- you really know your stuff like it's it's amazing how you've managed to cobble together that football knowledge uh, in such a short space of time i would say that like, us as well like again a very outside the box pick but like you know um you know i think it's put you in pole position for for the best uh Best picks. <laughs> oh, hang on. Wait, is he not a football player? What? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't look at the tally. Fucking. Is that 11 football players I picked? Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really good team. It's about consistency. Yeah. That's, that's what's, what's most important. Um... <laughs> Am I the butt of a joke? No. No, no, no. Bottas, uh, yeah, that's that's the, the one formula you need to succeed uh, in, in the team. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I <was just> saying, <laughs> thank you for the question, Dave. This was uh, excellent. We really got to see another side to Katie that we didn't know was there. <laughs> These are footballers. <laughs> no, they, they definitely were. They definitely were. Definitely and were, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to. Hello, Maldini had an amazing season. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Steve Finnan, don't like, forget. I... <laughs> I explained to you while I was in the hospital, fucking like on my checkup. This is how Phil occupied himself, <laughs> making this, making this list to help me with the show preparation. <laughs> the next job, uh, I have to say, two years. Yeah, I can't believe you. Well, I think I think one that went over head with me was a Macron on the right wing. Yeah, because Macron is the French president. He's a white. Ringer. Goes from right to left sometimes oh. as well, depending on <laughs> what's needed. Why did you trust? That's that's on you. I knew like two of them were genuine footballers, and I just presumed the rest of them were amazing, amazing, amazing. They sold it perfectly. He, he, he sold the names that he knew she'd know. Brilliant. Well a four versus four elimination match in the wrestling ring from Shrek. Who wins and in what order are people eliminated? So, uh, if I remember this correctly, it's Team Low Blow. Well, we call it Team Low Blows versus Team Fight Back Three because two of them are. <laughs> We're going to call it anyway. Um, Rick Nash, Corporate Keane, Katie Harvey, Bill Boyd. That is one team. The other team, the Woke Queens, Ethan Valkyrie and Debbie Keitel, alongside the real deal, Andy Steele and LJ Cleary. Um, <laughs> That's a random. Random forces. But what I found really funny is that in the picture he actually animates everyone to look like he puts them through the filter, like to yeah. look like Shrek. But because I'm already an animated character, he couldn't do it. So it's a regular me. But everyone else is, like, <laughs> everyone else is from above. It's like when only one one thing in a film is a Muppet or like a real person. <laughs> yeah. Fucking gas. But anyway, four v four elimination. This is just how I book it personally, right? Okay. So I start in the ring, I'm like, look, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm the one here with no combat experience in the rest of the ring. I want to prove myself. So I start in the ring. Uh, on the other side, standing across from me is Eva Valkyrie because she's signed, she'd be the favourite, you know, on paper, like kayfabe, whatever, to win her match. And like, it is, I'm already like, oh, I'm full fetch, that's a really bad idea. And she just starts laughing. I'm like, 
And what are you laughing at? I'm trying my best here. I'm showing up, you know what I mean? They're, they're just being rude, laughing at me. She actually backs into her own corner and tags in LJ Cleary. I'm like, that's not funny. That's, that's, that's my dad. Mean. That's mean. That's like, that's like, so now I have, to, I have to fight my dad. And we're basically like, what happens is he comes in and we stare each other down, like Survivor Series stare downs. Do you know what I mean? The over dramatic kind of potential singles matchups, like, oh shit, we have a big stare down. We circle the ring, you know what I mean? Kind of like what you do before you, before you test scrap. And immediately uh, I tag in Phil. I'm like, right, fuck that. You're all right. Uh, Phil, <laughs> Phil, you can do this. And Phil and LJ have a technical masterclass for the next few minutes. You know what I mean? Something you haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, the sort of stuff where you get loads of applause from the fans. You know what I mean? Like, good, really good technical stuff. Um, LJ Cleary right now, of course, he's full of momentum. You know what I mean? He's considered the next top Irish star. But Phil, he's, from a technical standpoint, has the experience. He's getting the better of him. Every time LJ goes to do something, Phil's like, I taught you how to do that. You know what I mean? So, like, oh, and he cancels it out and... LJ can't get the better of him. He's struggling, so he's like, you know what? I'm tagging in Debbie Cartel. Fuck that. He backs into his corner, tags in Debbie Cartel, and Debbie steps in, and she's like, well, I'm not really going to have a much better chance at a technical battle with Phil either. So she, so she just goes, Phil, you know that Man City legend Alano had his birthday the other day. He didn't even wish him a happy birthday. And Phil just freezes, <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, I haven't. And then she pins him. It catches him off guard. One, two, three. Phil Boyd is eliminated first. Shot. So now it's me, you, and a pregnant woman. Phil's eliminated first. It is what it is. Four on three. So I immediately run in. I'm like, okay, now we can catch Debbie off guard. Don't get the pain while while things are done. While while, you know, while while everybody's in shock. You know what I mean? One, two, she kicks out, and immediately is just like, Jersey, you know, the the wine. I can't believe you've done this. You know what I mean? (laughs) What the fuck? Like, oh, bollocks. Um. So that's not great. And then. <laughs> Immediately, Andy Steele then, without getting tagged in, just runs in and just fucking clatters me. Do you know what I mean? Just batters myself. Two on one or beat shit. I mean, then Rick Nash sprints into the rescue, evens the odds. But then, just as Rick Nash runs in, Eva Valkyrie runs in. Now it's three on two. Then Katie Harvey runs in, makes it three on three. So it's one of these things where you know it's breaking down. You know what I mean? But it ends with LJ Cleary running in, and it's four on three. Obviously, Dave's numbers advantage. It's, it's not looking good. Yeah. And because I'm the legal man, I ran in first. And um, LJ Cleary just turns around and goes, I'm sorry, I love you. And we got the saddest Morton hype activate of all time. Oh. <laughs> Valkyrie and Debbie put LJ Cleary up on the shoulders. The destroyer oh. puts me out. One, two, three. It is now four on two. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't fancy your chances. <laughs> and Debbie was the one who got the pin because they were the legal person. Right. Um, but then <laughs> Debbie tags up after it, tags in Andy Steele. Andy Steele's like, come on. At this stage, he sees like it's four on two. He just wants to have four. He's like, this is going to be fun. You know what I mean? Tag me in, tag me in. So Debbie tags him in, and uh, Rick decides, look, I'm going to step it up here. Our team low blows. <laughs> I would never make that decision. <laughs> the look on Rick's face is so funny, by the way. You should have seen that. He just winced. <laughs> Andy Steele, he's in peak physical condition right now. And Rick, how long has it been since you fought in combat sports? Oh, it's like a decade. Over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> like... So um, Andy Steele gets the advantage, right? He's, he's getting... He's, I'm not going to argue with no, that. I think, That's, I, think yeah. are, I think you're going to say, look, I should be getting the advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The smell's getting punched. Andy Steele is just, you know, slamming, punching, kicking, just the power moves, destroys everything. He's just, again, he's just having fun in there. He's just, but the problem is, Rick will not give up. Every time he pins Rick, Rick kicks out because, you know, this is team low blows. Rick uses low blows. You know what I mean? He's like, this is everything. He's kicking out. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't want to leave Kate, <laughs> Kate in like a four-on-one situation. So he's like, 
yo, kick now, kick now, kick now, kick now. And it's just a constant, never ending, fuck's sake. Finally, Andy Steele's like, we're done, you know what I mean? Gets Rick up for a powerbomb. Rick lands on his feet, rolls through, tags in Katie Harvey, and Katie's just like, yo, I don't give a shit that I'm pregnant, it's a hot time. Close lines Andy Steele, close lines Andy Steele. Yo, greedy, like proper, you know what I mean? Like, get, like this is this is, uh, the hottest hot tag you've ever seen in your life, right? Um, when <laughs> after taking out Andy Steele, does the whole, you know, Batista like shakes the rope, like, <laughs> and then uh, behind her, Andy Steele tags in Valkyrie. And uh, Valkyrie goes, <laughs> Valkyrie goes to punch Katie. Katie uh, ducks under it. Gory ball out of nowhere. Pins Valkyrie. One, two, three. Oh. Valkyrie's out. <laughs> it is now three on two. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, sorry. There's one thing I forgot to mention. Valkyrie kicks out at two, but the ref counts as a three. Oh. So it's like a throwback to your match at the point. Yeah. So, I mean, really good storytelling. Ah. Valkyrie can play like, oh, but I kicked out, but I kicked out. Doesn't fucking matter. You're out. You're gone. It's three on two. <laughs> so Debbie Kaitel is the first one to run in she's like fuck that no way immediately as soon as she's Katie she's like you know, throwing down the fists the punches you know what I mean but Katie's just stands up she's like no I'm still still have that hot tag momentum you know what I mean so like she's fighting back and now then Katie gets her own offense in and everyone's kind of looking at it going this is slightly different offense to what I remember and the one moment that really reminded everybody that it was a very different offense is when Demi found herself in a position where she's sitting on the middle rope facing the outside part of the ring where her arms over the top rope and Katie immediately goes baseball slide German shades with Sammy J <laughs> 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 and she fights back using all of Sammy Jane's moves and in the end Katie hits Demi Vitale with the most devastating roll up you've ever seen The Debbie, dream match. <laughs> Demi Kaitel and Leaf Valkyrie are gone. LJ Theory is the next person and immediately just throws Katie to the outside. He is like, fuck that. No way. The piece of shit out of Katie on the outside. Um, and there's a big brawl. Andy Steele hops in then. It's two on one. Rick hops in for the save. It's two on two. But Katie's kind of, she was already on the ground, kind of sort of forgotten about. So now the two have kind of focused on Rick. And Rick's getting the shit kicked out of him. By Makes Theory. sense. Um, but then out of nowhere, where, where's Katie going to here? Where's she going to here? Go to the top turn. No! <laughs> <laughs> Goes for a cross body off the top. It's the ultimate redemption story. But everyone goes out with the way she went oh. again. <laughs> and the fans aren't even in shock. I'm just like, I can't believe you. Uh. Like, really? Really? Nobody wants this. <laughs> <laughs> they could have done anything. The roll ups were working so well. <laughs> so, um, obviously, Rick's down and. Uh, Rick's down, they throw Katie back into the ring and they're like, right, well, LJ's still here, so we're going to do another more like, back to back, but just with Andy Steele doing the shoulder part. Um, they're up on top there, they're singing, dancing, having a laugh, ready to hit it, when all of a sudden, there's an explosion. Everybody's like, what the fuck? And then, boom, out comes the baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a hot tag. <laughs> I've never seen I have never seen anybody give birth, but I'm going to assume it's something like this. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard time. Yeah, it's, that's exactly how I believe Corporate Keen would believe a baby is born. <laughs> I may not have any functioning elbows, but I do have Tato Paquette. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, this baby is not just like a born fucking baby. Oh, 
pounds, whatever, you know what I mean? Or whatever, yeah. it's gone. This is like, I, <laughs> <it put> on, <laughs> <laughs> on, no baby rights. <laughs> The way he comes out is actually a full-on, like a full, fully grown adult-sized yacht, like massive. Arms and legs, like a yacht or a body. Yeah, like he just has eyes in yeah, the, yeah. the O and the P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So for fucking Jack, right? Goes in, Gory Andy Steele, Gory Bond to LJ Cleary, who is the legal man, and then he drives <laughs> Katie's sort of like spaghetti arms on top of uh, on top of LJ Cleary. One, two, three. <laughs> I just pictured me like a worm, not able to do my arms. <laughs> the sort of like worm in my way. <laughs> so, Elvick Cleary is eliminated. And now, the Yop and Andy Steele, sorry, the Dustin Yop, excuse me, Tato Paquette. Uh, <laughs> you call that Yop by its name. <laughs> Tato Paquette and Andy Steele are scrapping it out. They're like, but as they're scrapping out, you know, punching out, trading blows, proper, you know, boobie type stuff, you know what I mean? Just yeah. stop punches. Katie's like crawling slowly with her worm arms, just back, <laughs> back, into, the, back into her corner, you know, using her legs to sort of push forward. And then Rick, Tags himself back in. He's a legal man. We go back to the brawl, and Tate Upkett has gotten the better of Andy Steele. <laughs> Gory bomb laid out, and then he he does it. He points up to the top. Oh no! No! no. Like, oh yes! You know what time it is. He hits it. The one point two five star splash. <laughs> <laughs> the red points one. Two, three, and Team Low Blows win. Rick and Kenny yeah. the survivors. Assistance from Team Up the Cat. At Dave Bandana, I recently started collecting crystals for healing. So what I'd like to know is, what are the most unusual superstitions that you all have, if at all? Oh, I've got a weird one. I thought about this, and I'm like, oh my god, this is actually so strange. Um, but like I do, um, and it's active to this day. So every Sunday morning, without fail, I need to say the name of Guardian football journalist Barney Rone in the voice of um, Total Football Weekly podcast host James Richardson, um, or my entire family will die. Um, <laughs> and I know this sounds like a bunch of random words to. <laughs> But it's also true. <laughs> and I, I could probably explain it, but I don't know if it would make it better. But every Sunday, since, like, the time passed, and, like, I have to do it. Like, it doesn't matter where I am. I did this on a bus last Sunday, okay? I'm on the, I'm on the 39 out to see my family last Sunday. And I had to go under my mask, money running. <laughs> Thought I'd share this with anyone. It's a very <laughs> weird thing that I do, but I'm like, I actually do have a weird superstition. It's, it's, it's fun to see instant regret as you're telling. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I'm kind of in a, like a reasonably similar boat, kind of sort of not really, but um, like, I, well, yeah, like it's the sort of thing you really do sort of keep to yourself. You don't talk about it ever. So when you say it out loud, like, that's a bit weird. Like, if we're ever hanging out on a Sunday, I'm like, is he gonna say it? Is he gonna say it? <laughs> no, say it once. Say it once. Oh, you said it twice. That is fucking up there. Does it bother you? Said it 
today and it's not Sunday. Now that's fine. Now that's just, that's, just, that's just me doing it wrong. I can say it again. Bunny Rona. Yeah, no, I have to say it in that voice. That's the purpose. Like, why would I say it in that voice? Yeah, why would he say yeah, it? Sorry, I'm like, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> lockdown I go out to what you call it I go out and there's a there's a thing that prompts me to say it that's why it happens every Sunday it's not something that I just say what prompts you to say it's a long story and it's not it's not it's not interesting and it, <laughs> the story is much funnier if I don't explain it <laughs> but like, um, but like during lockdown at the start of it like I used to do all my Sunday shopping on Sunday mornings and like I used to get prompted to say it like and I'd have to be like under my breath Money, <laughs> 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 Yeah, this is a weird week for you guys. This is a weird, weird week. <laughs> In at number one, though, it was a week filled with good shows. SummerSlam was full of talking points, as we've already discussed. Takeover delivered, as we discussed. Dynamite and even Impact was great as well. So it might feel weird for me to say that I didn't feel Rampage as a full one hour long show hit home necessarily um, like as a show itself. But it's also the only thing that we can include as number one for two reasons. One, the reason it didn't hit home as a show was because it peaked early and the crowd was absolutely wrecked afterwards. They were there for the first 20 minutes. They got exactly what they wanted and they were like, I'm just like literally the last 40 minutes was them having a smoke after a good ride. Do you know what I mean? That was what the crowd were doing after that. And two, wrestling is a moment's business first and foremost. And this show opened with one of the most iconic moments, not only of the year, but maybe of like a lot of people's wrestling fandom so let's discuss it three hours into this show let's get to it after all of the blatant hints and speculation to the point that it seems so obvious that we put up a poll on twitter and that came back on friday morning now i don't think people will stand by over this with what we got but they came back with more people actually wanting it not to happen and not because like we put in a poll where it's like do you want to not see this happen but have it be daniel bryan or someone cool that was the least voted option people wanted it to not happen just because it'd be really funny if it didn't happen <laughs> but Tony Khan came out and did whatever he could to promise that they would not let anyone down and they absolutely didn't as AEW Rampage opened from the United Center in Chicago on Friday to deafening CM Punk chants followed by the inimitable amazing amazing stuff look CM Punk is someone that I flat out said multiple times before that I don't like as a person, but as a performer, he is magnetic. And we got a taste of that animal magnetism here. Hearing the song, 
hearing that pop in front of that audience and just seeing him in that environment again, you couldn't help but be taken back to 2011 again when he gave the pipe bomb and filled us all with that hope that the wrestling product we watched, and especially as we're talking about like WWE, like we talk about Raw and it's like, what were you thinking? It's almost similar to that those days. And then there was CM Punk filling us with hope that the wrestling product we watched could connect with us on a deeper level than it ever had before. And whether that hope ended up paying off or if CM Punk is kind of a bit of a golden goose, it doesn't actually matter because we have these moments of beautiful hope and that kind of is enough for us to get us going by. Look, the content of the promo itself has been widely discussed and we're all right back here in the CM Punk discourse like it's 2011 all over again. There's skeptics like myself, Katie as well, who like loved, like for me, I love the show and I love the showmanship, but I don't necessarily buy him. And there's people who treat him like he is the Messiah reborn and add meaning and weight to his every word that may or may not be there. Like for example, there was people turning around the weekend like, did you see how CM Punk mentioned Britt Baker's name. And with the first words he spoke, he gave a put over Britt Baker. And it's like, he didn't actually say anything good about her. <laughs> he just said her name. Like he just acknowledged, I watch all the cool kids shows. I know your check's name. Brit Baker <laughs> you know what I mean he didn't actually but people this is what CM Punk is like he's he's this this messiah cult like figure um who like people will like add all this meaning towards and it's fascinating and it's interesting um but also like uh, like again I don't mind this it's just it's just funny um I also had to laugh at how offended a lot of like WWE fans got about this line about leaving wrestling in 2005 I mean I, I get what you're saying like like, this pop would not have happened without the pipe bomb, without Money in the Bank 2011, without a wrestling taker at Mania 29 and the long t- legendary title reign that he had. But come on, he's playing the hits here. He's doing, like, what we want to see him do. Like, and I love this line even about where he's like, you know, I had to stay away because I couldn't even think about going back to the place that made me sick. Like, I loved it. Like, he's such a good storyteller. He's such a good wordsmith. He's so good at, like, pushing the emotional buttons. Whether it's because, like, he's a toxic person or whether it's because he's, like, this kind of cult figure or something like that, I don't know. But that's part of what makes him a fascinating, enigmatic performer and, and, and an amazing uh, entertaining wrestler like my thing was that like I feel that, that I'm not a sports entertainer I'm a professional wrestler I feel like that promo has been done to death now but I also don't hate him for it considering he's probably the guy who started that promo you know what I mean so again he's just playing the hits with it and when he sat down and crossed his legs in the ring which I don't know about you guys I actually forgot he did that until he did it and I'm like oh yeah (laughs) when he did that it was impossible not to be entranced and just sitting there like all right punk whatever I think about you personally just tell me some stories it was amazing and like the truth was it felt like it needed to feel the pop promo and moment probably not only matched but surpassed what had been in all of our heads for seven years for what would a CM Punk comeback be like and what would it feel like and while I get that to some people the return happening in WWE would be more dramatic and meaningful the truth is it probably wouldn't have gone down this flawlessly in WWE there's way too much baggage there and too many chefs that it would get fucked up along the way this also felt 
seismic and it felt game changing. And I'm not saying AEW is coming to put WWE out of business or making any crazy predictions like that. But the moment needed to feel, at least just feel in the moment, like it could shift the balance of power. And it absolutely did. It felt like the world of wrestling on Friday night moved off its axis and onto another axis that we don't understand, but we want to come along for the ride. They nailed it. They nailed every single beat. AEW and Punk somehow stuck the landing, put this into context, that every single one of us who bought in in 2011 had been envisioning our own individual version of that comeback for years at this rate. We had all imagined how we'd like RCM Punk comeback to be, and they managed to pull it off in a way that pleased everyone amazing and add to this those years they came with controversies and they came with reputational damage he got bashed in the octagon he came across really badly in his fallout with Colt Cabana and he looked like a bit of a corporate shill on a WWE Fox hype show all of that washed away with just a few bars of living colour so was this the moment of the week (laughs) yeah you could fucking say that Katie Harvey, noted you'd CM Punk fan. Uh, <laughs> your own thoughts on uh, on the moment and, and the match. Jimmy asked in the chat earlier, Sorry, what, did the CM, what did CM Punk do to hurt me? And I'll tell you exactly what happened, Jimmy. What, <laughs> the day I stopped being a CM Punk fan is for my 21st birthday, right? My parents got me a very special birthday present and it was to take me and my brothers to the raw taping in Manchester where CM Punk was my favorite wrestler where I spent the afternoon handcrafting a CM Punk poster as can be heard (laughs) in the titles to this show and I was so excited and I showed up at the arena with my brothers and my little sign and I took my seats and I got my little bag of Maltesers and I kicked back ready to enjoy a show and you know what happened you know what happened He tore his fucking glute the week before and he never showed up. He never appeared on that episode of Raw that I had flown to Manchester to see. (laughs) (laughs) And I have never forgiven him for it. (laughs) Yeah, we got that. We got that from Queen versus Keen. Um, I don't actually really hate CM Punk. Uh, <laughs> look, I just I just don't think he's the second coming of wrestling like some people do. You know what I mean? But I did I did really enjoy this moment. Like like I said, I didn't stay up to watch it. Look, I'm pregnant. I go to sleep at ten o'clock now. But <laughs> I did avoid Twitter and watched it in bed the next morning. We actually woke up at like seven a.m. to watch it. Like nice. you know, and and like. It was a really good promo. It was exciting to see him. But what I really enjoyed about it is like what you were saying is I enjoyed the moment and I enjoyed what felt like the cultural shift in wrestling. Like when you grow up watching WCW versus WWE, it brought back like when the outsiders show up on WCW. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like that holy shit, like the the rules have changed moment. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sure what else is going to happen from this moment out because like this has happened, this impossible thing happened, you know, like even on a smaller scale, like when Bret Hart appeared on Raw after so many years, and it's just like it's it's just these moments are inconceivable in your mind to happen in wrestling, because you think there's too much that's happened, mm-hmm. and then they happen, like, and at first I was kind of like, oh, Jesus, people are taking this real seriously, like CM Punk coming back, and like, because I was looking at the, the reactions on Twitter, and then I remembered my reaction when Edge came back, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, 
oh, he's their edge. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm going to be less of a bitch about it because I understand it's very important <laughs> to people. <laughs> but like, I did really enjoy the moment. Um, I, I did think it was a big cultural shift. I am actually looking forward to it. And I'm actually really glad that Darby Allen's his first match. Mm. Um, not even that it's Darby Allen, but more so the fact that he's, he, it's a match we've never seen before. You know what I mean? I'm excited that it's not just going to be like, they could have done like a wink and a nudge and uh, a wink and a nudge and like had him wrestle someone who he has history with. You know what I mean? There's probably plenty of people in the locker room that could have mm. taken the slot. But I'm really happy that it's, he seems to be AEW centric. You know what I mean? And we're, we're going to get some, some good stuff there. So yeah, no, look, I, I am excited. I am excited to see him back. I, I didn't really mean what I said in, in King versus Queen. I go backtrack a little bit. I am, I am excited to see it. The, the, the views expressed by Katie Harvey earlier were specifically to win points and do not represent the <laughs> outside of the competition gameplays. Uh, Corporate Keen, your own thoughts on this? Um, I love CM Punk. Always have done, always will. One of my absolute fucking favorites. I'm 100% a fan that you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I genuinely like, uh, yeah, like in a wrestling sense, I worship him. Like, <laughs> um, for me, going to bed on Friday night, I was like a kid at Christmas. I wasn't going to stay up till three because like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do that. But <laughs> when I woke up first thing next morning, I was like, I knew exactly what I was going to do. You know what I mean? I was like, this is, oh my God, man. Like, this is fucking... Like, I, I can't even begin to explain it. It's just like, obviously, you knew he was coming back. That was never in doubt. Like, Tony mm-hmm. Khan was so desperate. He was like, you're not going to be disappointed. I swear, you're not going to be disappointed. You're not going to be disappointed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he knew what was happening. Um, or he was saying what was happening. The, the question was, how were they going to do it, though? You know what I mean? That was the real question. Is it going to be a case of, like, you know, is it going to be a swerve? Is it going to be, like, is he going to close the show, open the show? Is he going to kick someone in the head or interfere or be a surprise, you know, open challenge or... Anything like that. They did it so and we all we all overbooked the fuck out of it in our own minds as well. You know what I mean? We all did the whole the usual yeah. shit where it's like, oh, what if what if they played his music but MJF comes out, you know, for heat? It's like oh, shite. But at the time, you, you know, but in your own head, you, you think it's a good idea because you're, yeah. you're so excited, you know what I mean? Um they I loved this is like genuinely one of like po- possibly the best moment I've ever like experienced as a wrestling fan, like just watching on a screen at least. Um like the reason I loved it is because they they treated this situation with the respect that it deserved, which is something I never took into account beforehand because I was just thinking, oh, what if he shows up and it's like, oh, CM Punk, or, you know, what if he kicks somebody in the head or whatever, whatever. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you know I mean? This is this is actually quite, I mean, seven, like just to clarify, like when, when CM Punk last wrestled for WWE, I was 15. I hadn't even sat my junior cert. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where we're at. I, I had only just, literally the Royal Rumble in 2014 was when I just got back into wrestling. Um, and I hate when you do this. So we're putting it, and he's one of the world's best. Regardless, of, I mean, we can argue, oh, is he the best and whatever, whatever. But I mean, he's certainly one of the best, as far as I'm concerned, at least. Um, so for somebody like that to come back after seven years and make the impact that he's making, it's like he needed to open the show. He needed to come out and just make, keep it simple. Make his entrance in front of his hometown crowd. They'll be buzzing no matter what. Um, you know, go to the ring. And give your speech and, and address the situation and talk about it and not just be like, I'm gonna fight you this Sunday. Oh, I'm back. You know what I mean? Like give a proper, like this is, you know, this is the this is what's happened. Uh, I love the promo, loved everything about it. I loved him coming out and and hugging the fans and ah god, it, it is I, I was like your man crying, you know what I mean? I'm proper, I was getting emotional, like you know what I mean? Oh. This is like well, again, this is the same as Edge for me. It's like yeah. it's it's 
I mean, and it's got like I didn't really see anybody laughing at the lad crying. I did see everybody sticking up for him though, and I agree with everybody sticking up for him. Um, yeah. it's you know the whole point of pops is to if there was no emotion behind it, it wouldn't exist. You know what I mean? That's the point of a pop. Um, and you know. Like a lot of things in wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the one, two, threes and all that aren't legit. But I mean, a lot of the stories are real. You know, this is a very real story about a very real person with a very real impact on pro wrestling as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I loved, I just loved every single thing about it. I love the fact that you got a pop, not only for his music hitting, but for his name appearing on the screen. I love how you got a pop for sitting down and crossing his legs. Yeah. I love how you got a pop. I love, how, I love how his name was being chanted just for about an, a 50 billion years straight. Like, it's never stopped. You know what I mean? Like, this is... I love how he's a god in, in his own city. And I love how AEW put a lot of effort into... And he did mention Britt Baker as well, you know what I mean? But that's a good example of how much they, they give people their moment in their own cities. Yeah. I think that's, that's something that WWE tend to fall on. I think it's something that, like, all promotions should kind of put a bit more... Well, not if they're based in the same city every week, but, like, if they're a touring company, you know what I mean? Give give people their moment in their own in their own city. It makes it makes, it makes makes an episode of Dynamite feel special. It gives it a theme or something like that, you know what I mean? And it gives the wrestlers their moment. This, for me, is massive. This is genuinely one of the best wrestling moments of all time, um, but it's also one of the most significant wrestling moments of all time. This is... A AEW's Kevin Nash and Scott Hall showing up. You know what I mean? This is their formation of the NWO. This is this is their moment. You know what I mean? And and like I like I, I don't want to say like oh AEW puts WWE out of business. I mean the ball is in WWE's core. I mean it, it, if anything, if it ever did come to that, it would literally be the same. You could look at WWE and WCW and say the same. Like WWE, you could say put WCW out of business. The reality is, if you watched WCW when you did, like towards the end of its life, WCW really put itself out of business, and WWE just bought bought the scraps you know what i mean mm. so i don't believe you know oh, it's going to put whoever out of business but it, it forces both companies to operate at a very high level and it makes things very very exciting yeah uh, like this this is genuine this is what it's all about this is why you want to be a wrestling fan this is unbelievable man. I, I genuinely cannot say how how into this like they, like oh man like and for me the reason i love this so much right and the reason it gets me a bit emotional right is because this is 10 years on the pipe bomb returning full circle you know what I mean? He sat on the stage and he gave his grievances about what he hated about wrestling at the time. And you fast forward 10 years and all of a sudden it all, you know what I mean? It's like the happy ending. You know what I mean? We're here now. This is like a promotion for the wrestling fans on the biggest stage. You know what I mean? An alternative that people can actually put on banging matches, gas promos. You know what I mean? You heard me talk shite about Raw earlier. How long was that? Half an hour of me going on about Raw. You know what I mean? Imagine if that was all we had. I was actually thinking about this like the other day. During the pandemic, imagine all we had was WWE. And then like at a lower level, you got Impact. That's, that's, but not like AEW Impact. Like, the, mm. you know, the old kind of Impact. And, you know, that was all you really had. A bit of Japan here and there. A bit of Ring of Honor. But you, you know what I mean? It's it's very empty. It's, it's like, I feel like we've been through kind of a lot of, a lot of shit times as wrestling fans. I feel like we take the best out of it that we can. But I mean... I think compared, like, I, I just, I'm just so excited. I'm just so, like, I genuinely believe, like, this is, this is just the best. Like, this will go down. But, like, by the time I'm an old man, this will generally still be one of the best moments I've ever experienced. I, I firmly believe that. Wow. Wow. Amazing. And you know what? We started off this show with kind of, you know, a bit of a downbeat kind of, you know, serious conversation on rest and kind of with those conversations, they can make us question why sometimes. And we're ending the show with, 
this this is why <laughs> you know what I mean this is why we, we do what we do it's why we love what we love and it's not only that it's like the conversations around it it's the summer slams it's the Becky Bianca it's the arguments we have with each other and kind of the, the views we take and it's a nice show and um, uh, like it's a really a good week and I think we needed that as well because there is a lot of shit that comes on but you get a moment like that and it's cathartic and it's like yes this this is why this is it well there you have it guys uh, that was the best of low blows, twenty twenty one. There you go, um, and and kind of there's a lot in there. Obviously, you know, huge life changes as far as as far as Katie goes. Uh, Dom Tuck also got new broadband. I can confirm. <laughs> Barney Rone has been blocked on Twitter. Um, Katie did not give birth to a yop, uh, and 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 Betty has not made any hot tags yet. That's probably for the best. Um. Valtteri Bottas, you know, has has left now Club Mercedes. Uh, who knows? He may become uh, Manchester United's new hot summer signing at the summer. Uh, we don't know. Um, Ireland didn't beat Serbia in the end, but you know we're we're in a really good place uh, to 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 look at. Um, you know, the Euros in twenty twenty four with Stephen Kenny. Um, and like I thought it was nice to just end on kind of a positive note, the CM Punk return, which I think for a lot of us would be the moment of the year. Um, and kind of remind ourselves of better days and, and that we still do love wrestling and, and why we love wrestling. And, and that's as much a reminder to myself as much as anyone else as I kind of leave you here. Um, guys, like I said, um, this is it. And I say it's it. I'm not. I'm not dying. <laughs> and I'm not disappearing either. I'm still going to be on social media or accessible and I can chat at any stage if you want. Um, and also as well, it's probably not even the last time you listen to me in a, po- in a podcast. I could be back very, very soon. Um, and if all the plans that I have go to mind, you may be hearing from me soon. It just won't, won't be under the Loblos banner. It'll be still the same voice, still the same personality and type of content, but just kind of a different, a different name above the door, a different genre to be discussed and, and so on. And that's certainly the hope for me because... I get super depressed if I don't have anything uh, creative and an outlet like this. Um, so don't worry, I'll, I'll be back and I'll be I'll be starting something new. And I hope you can join me on that journey. But for now, this is the end of this journey. Um, and I want to say thank you. Um, because like I said, this was meant to be a one-off in twenty twelve, and the only reason it wasn't is because you guys took the random idea I had and it was only half an idea it was like I just want to watch the wrestling with other wrestling fans and then as it kind of took off you know we started working together and going well what if we did this and what if we did that and I started coming up with ideas and you guys were very kind you went along with the ones even the ones that didn't work out as well um but like, you know, no spoiler Monday, I still think that was a great idea, but look, it just didn't take off. <laughs> but like, ah, and, and that's what Low Blows was. It was a collaboration with me and, and, and kind of the contributors like the, the Katie Harveys, the Corporate Keeds, the Justies, the Jerrys, the Jades, the Dons, the, the everyone that's involved. I don't want to start listing names because I just will forget and this genuinely isn't scripted and, and like it's, yeah, I'm only going to forget um, if I get into that. 
but it was you guys it was it was you guys that kind of took it and made it into something special because I've done podcasts before where nobody has listened to and maybe my new project will be one of them. Um, and it really is just shouting into the void um, unless you have that connection with people. Um, and, and you guys gave it that. You guys bought in to what we were doing or what we were going for. And even if it wasn't the best idea or even if it didn't work, you just made it work. Or you just told us what we needed to do. Or you just went out and did it. Stuff like the pool and, and the Royal Rumble nights and, and kind of just like the Hall of Fame, karaoke, all the shite we've done over the past 10 years. Low Blow's got talent. Oh my God. <laughs> so many different things. Um, and, and it's because of your support that we're able to do it. it this has been a dream. This has been this has been a, a thing that will define me. And I'm I'm someone who I I never like to be defined by things. I never like to kind of think of like that was my peak, and now I'm just looking back at that. I don't like to be one of those remember when types of people. But man, I don't think I'm ever gonna have anything like this again. Um, I don't think I'm ever gonna have anything that like ten years of of. A company just existing and people following it just based around my weird personality quirks and the things that I'm interested in, but they happen to be interested in too. And I, just, I want you to know I really appreciate it. I just, I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I hate that it's ending and I hate that I have to say goodbye, but like I'm doing so with such a full heart and just such appreciation for what you guys have given me. Um, my life hasn't always been easy and and kind of had a lot of stuff going on in the background um and low blows gave that life that could have just been nothing it it gave it gave a meaning and it gave a purpose um and and it, it punctuated it and it gave me so much and i'd rather not cry on the air and i can feel that coming so i'm just gonna say I hope you will keep subscribed to the free, so don't be paying us any more money. We're not doing anything now. But I hope you will keep subscribed, and I hope that through those subscriptions, I'll be able to chat to you again, maybe in the very near future. Who knows? Um, but even if not, and this is it for us, thank you for everything. Ten years. Um, and I thought about how to end this. Do I do a corporate keen bite? Do I do... Uh, you know, that's the bottom line, because Loblo said so, because that's how we signed off all of our shows. And I thought of kind of the one thing that I did think of was kind of how would we have ended if, if COVID wasn't here and things had gone right and we did the tent mania party and all this and that and the other. How would we do that? And there was one way we always signed off mania parties, and it's the way we would have signed off this. Um because we always finished WrestleMania nights, whether it was with the band or whether it was me DJing or whatever, uh with one song. Uh, it was My Sacrifice by Creed. And the one lyric that I think of when I think of Low Blows comes from that song. So guys, thank you for the memory. Thank you for everything. And uh, I just want you all to know that when you were with me, I was free. Thank you. Goodbye.